I was just when you say uninipple, I was just thinking of a unicorn. So it's just like instead of a horn in the center <laughs> of his head, it's a nipple that inflates out. <laughs> oh no! Oh, that is an ab- that is an abomination. That yeah. <laughs> Fan art. Somebody wow. draw it and send it to us. From the KIJU Studios in beautiful Ogasawara, this is Kaiju Weekly, Episode 80, and the Monster Island Film Vault, Bonus Episode 8. Hello, Kaiju lovers, and welcome to Kaiju Weekly, the weekly podcast that introduces you to the wide world of giant monster movies. I am your host, Michael, and with me, as always, is my dynamic co-host, Mr. Travis Alexander. And also, welcome to the Monster Island Film Vault, a podcast seeking entertainment and enlightenment through tokusatsu. I am your host, the film curator here on Monster Island, Nate Marchand, and over there in the producer booth is my intrepid producer, Jimmy from NASA. Yes, I'm sure you're having a good time. Just don't pick fights with Michael anymore, okay? Please don't. Please, Jimmy. It, there's no time for that. We have a very, very long episode to get through. So oh, none of your shenanigans this time. Oh, good please. Lord. Do we have a bunch to get through? <laughs> yes. And to and to explain what is going on in this episode, uh, we have decided to join forces between our two podcasts and kind of merge them together. Amalgam comic style into one <laughs> super podcast. Uh, <laughs> and so because of that. Uh, we've got, uh, a very confusing setup here, uh, with having two different podcasts trying to merge into one. It's almost like we planned this to be super confusing since the show we are talking about in this episode is super confusing. <laughs> I feel like there's going to be a lot of techno babble in this episode and not just about the topic. Yeah. Well, that's all thanks to Jimmy, you know, Mr. NASA boy over there. I mean, he was, uh. When we were watching the uh, today's main subject, he was reveling in all of the science. Oh, I oh I'm sure he was. Yeah. I'm sure he was. Oh, uh, quick question, Nathan, while I'm thinking about it. How's Jet? He didn't look so good at the end of all that. Uh, oh, he's doing okay. He's doing okay. I mean, it, you know, give him a few minutes. He might actually show up in the producer booth. You never know. I, I oh. am not Jet Jaguar's keeper, and it's Jaguar. Dang it. Jaguar. I mean, it's, I mean, okay, that's fine. You say Jaguar, I say Jaguar because I, I actually want to sound like a, a, a proper human being, but <laughs> you mean you, you're a West Virginian who wants to enunciate like a Brett Shore. <laughs> no, I mean, look, I try my yeah, best. I have really, worked really hard of saying it for you. I'm like, I, I, I get it when you're like for in, 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 uh, um, Godzilla versus Megalon and stuff, but, but like. Yeah, you're from West Virginia. Why are you saying it like that? <laughs> uh, that? Because that's how I've always heard it, because of the dub. 
from Godzilla versus Megalon. So it's just it's just ingrained in my psyche to say Jaguar and not Jaguar. Well, I mean, you should yeah, try what, listening. What do, you, what do you call the car? <laughs> I call I call it a Jaguar. <laughs> Have you listened to people in Japan try to say his name? It's Jetto Jaguar. <laughs> <I> mean, <laughs> Yeah, and on that <laughs> note, uh, let's get into some news topics that we're going to talk about real quick before we get into our main topic. So we're going to right. cue the baby baby. And you guys are welcome. I made arrangements for Kevin himself to do the BDBD BD live for you. You see, you see his head over there in the big panoramic window. Holy crap. Oh, I see it. Oh, sorry. Oh, just scared me there for a second. You're welcome. You're welcome. Jet punch, punch, punch that window out for you. So. All right. I mean, look, the I wanted to ride here on Ghidorah, but Travis was too scared. So we ended up coming over on, on the queen herself. So. Yeah, and can you bland? Wait, oh, wait. Which queen are we? Did we ride over here on Elizabeth II? <laughs> oh no, 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 no. We rode over here on Mothra. Sounded terrible oh, out of okay. back. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, like uh, I just flew in on Queen Elizabeth II, and man, are my arms tired. <laughs> oh. <laughs> oh. <laughs> oh. So yes. We're going to get into the news for this week. Uh, so the first bit of news uh, for us, uh, the Kaiju Weekly side of things, is to thank everyone for uh, helping us reach 10,000 downloads. We have crossed the 10,000. Yay! Yay! Okay. Yeah, thank you, everyone. Uh, we really, really appreciate that because I, I was looking at our analytics the other day and I said, holy crap, we reached 10,000 already. I really did. I wasn't expecting us to get uh, to 10,000 downloads so quickly. But yeah, thank you so much, everyone. Uh, at least we have some listeners. Uh, that means, maybe it's just, that means 10,000 times a person somewhere in the world chose to listen to us. Yes, one single person decided to listen to our show 10,000 times. Well, I said, exactly. oh, yeah, that's not what I meant, but okay. But I'm just like, okay, my, my question Not to, only that, to, it was just one episode. It was just one episode. Yeah, 10,000 10, times. times. It was just Elijah listening over and over again to one episode. So. <laughs> it's you the know, episode I where I just go on the little... big rant about Yeti for some reason. <laughs> I, I totally would not put it past that little gatekeeper. Yeah. Yeah. He's just trying uh, to come, Michael, because you are Lord Gatekeeper. Lord Gatekeeper. But hey, Nathan, we gotta keep my we gotta keep my alter ego a little bit on the down low, man. Come okay. on. We we don't want to scare anybody. Sorry. I get it. I get it. Anyway, what's so, the next item? The well though, I just want to say uh to everyone who helped us reach ten thousand downloads, thank you. And also, what is wrong with you? Why why are you choosing to listen to us? <laughs> like have you heard well, you this know Travis podcast? Like seriously. <laughs> Well, let me. I, 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 I have a theory, and I'm just going to say this really quick. It's because we don't take ourselves too seriously, and we're not like super pretentious, like somebody we you know. Um, which is why people love. Hey, us. Watch where Jimmy. you're looking, buddy. Mm-hmm. Jimmy. Yeah, we're talking about Jimmy. <laughs> oh, you. Oh, man. Okay, what? Well, 
Yes, Jimmy, we're talking about you, man. I'm sorry. I mean, it just you said you you're sitting over there with that scowl on your face, man. Go eat a Snickers, jeez. <laughs> yeah, well, I mean, uh, now I do have to say, I do have to say the uh, that we Kaiji Weekly had to take a week off last week uh and for anybody who who listens to us regularly you may have noticed that we didn't have an episode last week and that was because um after i went on the huge rant uh during the monster hunter episode uh michael told me i couldn't be on the episode until i calmed down and it took me about a week to calm down from from watching that movie i did i put him in i put him in timeout. everybody oh yeah. and, and now you're making up for it with the super show that we're doing today yeah i mean it's only super because it's only super because me travis and jimmy are here oh fine y'all i get it i get it yeah we can't be <laughs> <laughs> yeah. moving Excuse on to the next <laughs> i need to go find a very large spatula to scrape myself out from under that bus <laughs> <laughs> it was uh, a big yellow bus at least but anyway we have more news to get to we don't yes. have time for this nonsense the next bit of news that we want to talk about is another uh housekeeping one and that is to f- officially announce a new venture that me and nathan here are getting into and that is we are starting a spinoff podcast and Hot we day. are calling it Yep, we're calling it the Henshin Men. <laughs> Unfortunately, listeners, you can't see me try do a tr- poorly imitating Henshin hero poses right now. Yeah. <laughs> uh, no one wants shoot. to see that, Nathan. Stop it. Shut up. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so, yeah, we... Uh, we're doing this uh, podcast. The first episode is going to drop Monday, July 4th. So if uh, you are in between doing things on july 4th and you're not you know going to barbecues or whatever because of covid or whatever you're locked in your house still and you want something to listen to you can listen to the first two episodes of the henshin men that will be dropping it is a very short uh shorter podcast than what we typically put out uh for either one of our podcasts and uh (laughs) we are going to be covering Henshin heroes of all sorts and sizes. So uh, that's Common Rider, think, Super Sentai, Ultraman. Go ahead, Michael. I think uh, I think Monster Island time is screwing with you, man. Because actually, July fourth c- happens on a Sunday in the states. <laughs> this is true. It does? No, it doesn't. Yes, yes, it does. July fourth is on a Sunday. I think the, I think the flight over kind of messed with you a little oh, bit. Oh, it, it sure it's did. July fourth is on a Sunday. Okay, <laughs> Monday, July fifth <laughs> is when the engine man is dropping. Okay, sorry. <laughs> would this be Mothra leg or would it be Jet Jaguar leg? <laughs> That's not even that funny. Even even even. Even Jet, even Jet Jaguar is shaking his head. Uh, so yeah, no, sorry. July fifth is when the first two episodes of the Henshin Men are dropping, and uh, we are for the first whole season of our show going to be talking exclusively about Common Rider, the first Common Rider from nineteen seventy three. So it's essentially just going to be a Common Rider podcast, is what I'm hearing. Essentially. If if I could get away with just doing Common Rider, I would do that. The only reason we're not doing only Common Rider is because Nathan threw a fit. 
<laughs> that sounds exactly like something Nathan would excuse do. me while I uh, go scrape myself out from under that bus again by the way it was 1971 <laughs> 71 so, well it ended in 73 look I'm tired okay leave me alone I I am doing the best I can right now okay obviously obviously there were no there were no snacks on the flight over because yeah, there weren't yeah. even seats. We had to hang on for dear life to Mothra's fur. So, <laughs> but he, but she's all fluffy and soft, and yeah, and, and she kind of smells funny too. <laughs> My allergies were bothering me so bad when we got here. Uh, okay, fine. I'll tell my pseudo sister to go say something to her. Okay, because mm-hmm. they got a thing. So, mm, you know. okay, she's, uh, she's a bath. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> 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 and with that the next news item on our docket yes uh we might have a release date for the new power rangers movie and that is according to a description from the brazilian licensing convention website uh and this comes to us uh via power ranger and mega power brazil on twitter uh they have shown the 2023 uh licensing whatever information and uh yeah the the uh whole uh thing shows that they are licensing power rangers for a movie for 2023 now does that mean that we are actually going to get a movie maybe not because licensing you know they kind of do that way ahead yeah everything is yeah yeah everything is kind of fungible when it comes to that kind of stuff so I mean, we'll just have to, it's one of those, it's one of those situations that we'll just have to wait and see. And, you know, as a huge Power Rangers fan, I'm anxious for an act. I'm anxious for a movie that actually takes care of the franchise, unlike a certain 2017 one. Um, But, you know, I don't, I mean, we've had this discussion before, like what, what I would want from a movie. Um, Honestly, I don't really want to go into that right now because we just don't have the time. And... We're just kind of waiting and seeing at this point. Uh, but I'm excited. I, I, if they do actually end up making a movie, I'm going to be super excited. I'll go watch it. Hopefully they won't screw it up. But yeah. Uh, yeah like, licensing- Michael, just go for it. Go ahead, go ahead Travis. No, go ahead, Nathan. I was just going to say, Michael, you just want an excuse to buy more lightning collection figures because you want them to make them based on the movie. No, I don't want another excuse for that, Nathan. <laughs> Dag on it. He's got enough excuses to do it. <laughs> it's true. Um, but no, so with these licensing things, um, companies will license out stuff uh, way in advance in case they do want to do something. So that way they can kind of take care of the legal matters. Cause that's what really what the licensing is kind of like the legal matters. Uh, so it's kind of like how, you know, people, uh, when you buy a domain name, sometimes, you know, companies will buy domain names around that are, are spelled similar to the domain name they actually want so that they can just kind of legally, you know, just have everything uh, in that vicinity. Mm-hmm. It's kind of the same thing with licensing. They kind of want to make sure they're they're They've got that solid footing. No one can come in and say, Hey, we beat you to the licensing for power Rangers in this country. So now you can't release power Rangers here. They don't want to deal with that. So they're doing it way in advance. We do know that there is power ranger stuff in the works. We have heard that confirmed, we don't know exactly when it's coming. 
this date just kind of like gives us some hope that maybe it's sooner rather than later. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, there seems to be this like, and I don't, and it's mainly coming from Hasbro because you know, Hasbro has been taking so much good, has been taking very good care of the franchise. I just finished Dino Fury and Dino Fury was really good. I was very surprised how much I liked Dino Fury, the newest season. Um, and, uh, we, you know, we've been getting so much Power Rangers stuff lately. It seems like there's just been this big resurgence of not just Hasbro, but other little companies like Super 7 and some others that are getting all of this Power Rangers merch. So, you know, there's still a fan base out for this, especially there's still a big fan base for the original MMPR. Uh, so hopefully, like, I mean, there's not much else to say here except for I'll I'm looking forward to it. I really hope that it happens. Yeah, although I will admit, uh, 2023 would require a really fast turnaround, and, mm-hmm. and especially as Hollywood blockbusters go. So unless they've already been working on some stuff and kind of have some preliminary items out of the way, two years is fast. <laughs> well, like I said, we have had news that they are working on something. Like they had a writer, they had a a a, a person in charge of kind of organizing everything for them in the Power Rangers, as far as the Power Rangers franchise is concerned. Uh, So we know they are working on stuff. So maybe they're further along than what we think uh, on this. Maybe. Anyway, it's just, like I said, it just gives us hope that it's going to be sooner rather than later because, yeah, I'd rather a Power Rangers movie come out in the next two years rather than ten years. So, yeah. Well, and let me ask you guys one quick question because something that not a lot of people have have talked about is that... Hasbro apparently wants to build a Marvel style shared universe with their properties and they own Power Rangers. So do you think it's possible that they might set this version of Power Rangers in the same universe as say a rebooted Transformers and a rebooted GI Joe among other things? I mean, if they do, that would, I would be okay with it if they, if it's like completely rebooted, not, you know, in, any of the, the, uh, the Transformers or G.I. Joe that we have. Um, yeah. I, the only reason that I don't think they're going that route is because we're getting stuff. We're like, we, we've got the new, um, the new Snake Eyes movie that's coming out, and that doesn't mm-hmm. feel like it's going to be tied into anything, really. It, it seems like a, you know, mm-hmm. So I don't know. It it just doesn't feel like that's the direction they're going with the films that are being released. But I have been hearing that. And that's been a rumor that's been around since they first started doing Transformers movies back in 2006. Yeah. And it's, um, there's the new transform. There's this new, there's also the new Transformers movie that's coming out too. Yeah. Uh, uh, what is it called? Something the Uh, rise of the beast or right as the beast. Okay. So it's going to be based on Beast. I'm assuming Beast Wars, right? Yeah. And that's the animated one. That's that's a continuation from the uh, from the um, Transformers uh, series that we've already had you know, on Netflix, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, War for Cybertron is that the one you're talking about? The, yeah, the next, yeah, the last entry in that series is going to have the Beast Wars characters, but I don't. Right. The movie is going to be a continuation of it. I don't think so either. I think the series is called uh, War for Transformers: War for Cybertron Kingdom. Yeah, but I, I don't think that I don't think that series is going to have anything to do with this movie, though. Huh. I, I mean, it may. I don't know because yeah. we don't really know a whole lot, though. Yeah, yeah. All I, they've really done. Is I connected those together as being the same. Huh. 
Okay. Okay. Well, yeah. If they're if they are doing new, see, I that's the thing. I would I would love if the if Hasbro did a, a crossover that it was in an animated form, like they did the you know the 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 uh, War for Cybertron kind of style of you know animation, and they brought in GI Joe characters, and they brought in you know Power Rangers, and they brought in uh, was it uh, Battlebots or or not Battlebots um whatever the 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 other stuff that they have and uh, Micronauts and Micronauts, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> Can you and, imagine and Rom, how epic Rom would, the Space Knight? Yeah. Can you imagine how epic it would be to have a movie where Devastator fights the Megazord? That would be amazing. <laughs> that yeah. would be amazing. Yeah. yeah. And and I mean and, yeah. and it is it, the crossovers that they've done of G.I. Joe and Transformers in the comic books have always done pretty well because they've done it multiple times. Uh and they are they are a lot of fun. I always love what reading the crossovers that they do. Um but yeah, I would love to um to see some of that. But I just think that in an animated form you would be, have more freedom. So I don't know. It, it 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 is interesting and it was something that, that's been rumored for a long time. And it's something, and I'll, I'll end on this, and it's something it would be interesting, an animated, uh, the an, an animated movie would be interesting because that's something that Power Rangers has never had. There was that, I think there was supposed to be an animated series a few years ago, but it never got out of concept and not, I think it got, it never got past the trailer, if I'm mm-hmm. not mistaken. Um, and then it just kind of faded off. It was going to be like computer, it, I think it was going to be computer, it was going to be CGI animation. Mm-hmm. Um and then there's a because there's a trailer for it on YouTube, but that's it. And I think it would be really interesting to see a power see the Power Rangers franchise go to animation and what that would look like. Because I think you I think you're right, Travis. There would be a lot more freedom there. Mm. Yeah, that's yeah, something. That's I'm and then you could get some up. classic. Yeah, you, that you get some classic Rangers coming back to do voices because like it doesn't matter how old they are now that they can do the voices of of their characters and stuff. Yeah, it'd be it'd be awesome. So uh, moving on to the next bit of news, we have a trailer for Ultraman Trigger, the new Ultraman series, and an official release date, which is uh, July 10th. So uh, how are you guys feeling about Ultraman Trigger? I'm I'm really excited for it. I think it's going to be great. Uh, Super, 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 super happy that they're going to release it on YouTube like they did with Zet. Yes. Um, and it just looks like it just looks like a lot of fun. Yeah, they're continuing that model and they will be subtitled for all of that. So, yeah, everybody across the world will be able to do it. I uh, will be able to see it, I should say. And uh, although I'm really surprised they that Subaraya waited as long as they did before they actually said that that's what they were going to do because they had ingratiated themselves so much to the international fan base but with what they did with Ultraman Z so I was just like why stop a good thing (laughs) yeah yeah I don't think they're doing it uh, yeah I don't think anybody was doubting that they would because like you said it was so successful with Zet but yeah we didn't know for a long time and so it was kind of this question of like are they planning on doing it or are they going to go back to just releasing it in Japan and then we have to wait you know a year or so or more before we get to see it uh so it's good that we are going to get a chance to see it i was telling you guys before the podcast that i saw a screenshot from uh the ultraman trigger that uh shows that they're bringing back haruki uh who's the host of ultraman zet uh he's coming back for this series and he's going to be more uh seasoned 
and not be the 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 new guy on the block. Yeah, but you're yeah. still secretly hoping for juggler. We get it. I'm still secretly <laughs> hoping for juggler. When when I heard that Haruki was coming back, I'm like, oh, that opens the door. Juggler comes back. Yes. Okay. Uh, <laughs> I just want Juggler to have his own series. Like seriously, don't give me Ultraman. Just give me Juggler. Travis, your man crush on Juggler is succeeded only by Jimmy's man crush on Nick Adams. I'm just saying. Oh, calm down, man. All right. At least I will say at least in Travis's defense, at least Travis's infatuation with jugglers, at least healthy. I don't think I don't, I don't know about Jimmy's infatuation with Nick. <laughs> I don't know. Because- my, my, my infatuation is getting a little unhealthy lately. So I need to. I need to be- <laughs> Congratulations. Well, you've taken the first step towards solving the problem by admitting you have one. Welcome. Right. Juggle- no, I am, I am nothing if not self-aware. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, I, I will say you have called yourself a juggler sexual yes. in the past. So. Yes, I have. <laughs> uh, I, oh, love, listen, I love the- I'm face palming so hard right now. I am. This is Picard levels of face palming right now. <laughs> and speaking of Ultraman, our final bit of news is that Mill Creek has finished off the Showa era of Ultraman with the release of Ultraman 80. Uh, currently, it's only on DVD. It hasn't been released on Blu-ray. I'm not sure the story behind that. Maybe you guys can fill us in. But yeah, uh, Ultraman 80. Hold on. The last hold, of the Showa on era. hold on. Hold on, my you, you better be glad my pseudo sister is not in the booth right now because she'd be very disappointed with you because you left one out. But that's not is that released uh, from Milk Creek? Yes, no, yes, that's from that is from Milk Creek. But you yes. only okay, mentioned Ultraman. By Mil- you you okay, forgot well, what, Ultraman, Ultraman, the anime. They're releasing that yeah, too well, on the yeah, I I. I well okay yeah I did see that that was getting released too but I did not look to see if that was actually from Mill Creek or if it was from it a is. different company because I didn't no, know Mill Creek actually had the rights to that so I didn't know that that was coming from Mill Creek. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Now to explain why it's DVD instead of Blu-ray, shout out to Elijah for uh, for finding this out for us. Basically, it boils down to the fact that neither of these series have been released on Blu-ray yet in Japan. So they don't have HD masters of them yet. So they're giving Mill Creek what they have now, probably because Mill Creek wants to stay on schedule with releasing the new shows. And by releasing these, they will finish the Showa era of Ultraman. So they probably didn't want to stop with their schedule just to wait for them to do HD remasters, put them out in Japan first and then let them have it. Right. Right. Okay. That makes sense. Which actually, which, which makes sense. Yeah. It just makes sense. Yeah. As much as Supro obviously loves their international fans, I don't mind that they want to still give the Japanese audience a little bit more priority right now when it comes to these remasters. Yeah. I, I don't mind that they're giving some priority to the Japanese, um, uh, fan base and, and audiences because I know that we're going to get it at some point. Like, you know, we are going to get a release here in the States. So it's okay. No, we want it now. Now, 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 now. Now, now, now. 
It's better than what we've got with Common Rider because with Common Rider, it is <laughs> only is tr- in Japan. This is true. And nothing for the American audiences. At least, at least they're giving the American audiences something. They're just saying we're going to make <clears> sure <throat> the Japanese audiences get it first and then we're going to give it to the uh, American audiences. Why was I picture when Michael was doing that? Why was I picturing that Hitler meme of him saying nine 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 nine? Yeah, probably Nathan because I was beating my fists against this uh, recording table. That's why. <laughs> that finishes the news. So now we can get into our main topic for this week. <laughs> And to get into the main topic, we always ask a trivia question on Kaiju Weekly. Uh, And the trivia question that we have was uh, given to us from uh, Nathan, Monster Island Film Vault Marchand, uh, (laughs) himself. And the trivia question is, what Kaiju anime series features creatures designed by Studio Ghibli animator Eiji Yamamori? And we had a lot of fantastic answers, a lot of funny answers, and those are my favorites to read out. Of course. Those are my favorites to read out, too, because it's, you know, so it's just boring to give the correct answer. I know you say that people can give right answers or whatever, but you've basically <clears throat> trained your audience at this point to give you joke answers. <laughs> I know. It's like, it's and it's like beautiful. The, it's it's gorgeous. like the rat in the maze that when they press the button, they get cheese. And when they press the other button, they get an electric shock. We have just like, like trained <laughs> our, uh, it, it, or, or what's, what's the, not, 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 uh, uh, yeah. Pavlov, Pavlov's dogs. We've just trained them. Oh, yeah, when Pavlov. we ask a trivia question, they give us like a funny answer, a dumb answer, a silly answer. Uh, <laughs> Wait, let me hang on hang on disclaimer we do not condone or endorse shocking your audience just saying <laughs> not literally uh, any i mean we have travis them a lot. He's a sexual, probably. <laughs> <laughs> i think that shocked the audience a little bit uh, <laughs> uh so getting into the answers we have the no gods no monsters podcast they sent us in my neighbor tohoro which is fantastic. <laughs> it definitely works better written down because you can see it's Toho row. Uh, but, <laughs> but yeah, I, I love that. I love the, I love that a lot of these are plays on either anime or studio Ghibli movies specifically. And that's just, so crazy. that means I will probably get none of the jokes. <laughs> what do you get that uh, one? Drive shot. No, it's, it's, it's a play on my neighbor Totoro. I don't know what that is. <laughs> oh, okay. Okay. Next time we have some free time, all of us needs to get together and watch My Neighbor Totoro. It is my favorite Studio Ghibli movie. It is. So, and it's on HBO Max. All of them are on HBO Max right now. So we're going to watch it. It is so good. Totoro, 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 Totoro. I'm going to admit, I'm a little bit weird. I think actually one of my favorites has to be castle cogliostro which was actually miyazaki's first movie and it's a loop mm-hmm. in the third movies yeah there's a loop in, and that was pre uh that was pre studio ghibli that oh was it was, was oh. Still, yeah that was when he was still working he has he was working with a different studio uh so that was pre him actually him and the other creators forming ghibli yeah actually you guys could talk about nausicaa nausicaa would probably qualify as kaiju 
Oh, I, my neighbor Totoro counts as ka- kaiju. I mean, he's a giant, you know, bear cat. <laughs> and then there's a cat bus. Like, that sounds a little bit more like left of center to me. <laughs> it is. It is. I mean, there's so many. There is so many things. Ghibli. Ghibli is kind of like the Japanese Disney. They mm-hmm. like their films are so iconic and so ubiquitous and they're so beautiful and I just love them. So, yeah. Um, yeah. Another one that we could cover is referenced in this next uh, trivia answer that we got from Nick Blackler. And that is uh, Princess Mothanoke. <laughs> oh, no, hang on. I've actually heard of that one. Okay. <laughs> Princess yeah, Mothanoke. Uh, my pseudo sister Jessica loved this one. <laughs> yeah, and uh, is that the hang on? Is that the one with the giant white wolf? Is yes. that the one? Yes. Yeah. Okay. And the dub was voiced by Jillian Anderson. Mm-hmm. Yep. Uh, and uh, he had he sent us a picture, a Photoshop of San from Princess Mononoke riding Mothra. So that was a great little addition. That is thanks, a- thanks Nick. That was great. Princess Mothanoke. Yeah, that's funny. That is great. I like. That. Are we allowed to read the next one? Uh, <laughs> no, we're gonna skip this one. <laughs> I didn't even read it. I copied and pasted it and didn't even read it. Of course, <laughs> Elijah. Uh, singular Yeti point. Yes, it means his nipple. <laughs> the singular Yeti point, <sighs> which God. means that Yeti only has one nipple. No, he has two. Do not deny reality. Well, there's only <laughs> one that inflates in the movie, and that's and that's the one that Elijah is talking about. With. This. So it is. Re- well, hang on. It is reasonable. It is a is it a reasonable assumption that he only has one nipple. He is he is a uninipple. He only he's a uninipple. He's like he's Christopher Lee and the man with no with the man with the golden gun. Yes, just, he's the monster just, with the single nipple. He had a third one. I had that wrong. He had a third one. Never mind. Right, no. I was just, when you say uninipple, I was just thinking of a unicorn. So it's just like, instead of a horn <laughs> in the center of his head, it's a nipple that inflates out. Oh, no. Oh, that is an, ab- that is an abomination. That, yeah. Fan art. Somebody wow. draw it and send it to us. <laughs> <laughs> uh kaiju kim sent us t- attack on techno babble <laughs> that's that's a great one yeah i didn't see that one the last i checked that's a good one <laughs> yeah yeah it, it really it really plays into because uh, i i have watched uh three seasons of attack on titan uh, fairly recently, and I watched them in a very short amount of time, and I don't think the human brain is meant to handle that much uh, uh, sadness and sorrow. Uh, and yeah, I don't Probably think I'm not. the same person. <laughs> I figured you'd be immune to it. But you also Travis. took an Evangelion in a very short amount of time, so... It's Evangelion. Yeah, shut yeah. up. Anyway. <laughs> I, watched, I watched Evangelion, I watched Attack on Titan, and I watched um, I, one of my favorite uh, anime uh, shows from when I was younger, well, when I was a teen, which was uh, Here, Here, There, Now and Then, uh, which is also a very sad, depressing kind of, you know, story. And so I watched all of those within like a month, 
And yeah, my brain just does not function properly anymore. <laughs> Buddy, what, do we need to do we need to do we need to leave the studio and go have a chat? Because I'm a little bit worried. Yeah, I'm thinking we yeah. may have to put him on suicide watch at this point. Yeah, just like this you need is- to stop. You need to watch some happy anime right now. <laughs> Yeah, I need to watch some Looney Tunes. Uh, So, moving on, uh, Chris Deggle sent us in the answer. There is a dinosaur skeleton in my basement, the series. There's a snake (laughs) in my basement. Hang on, let me ask. There's a dinosaur (laughs) in my basement. (laughs) Is that a reference to something I don't know about? Uh, If it is, then I don't know it either, because I don't know what that is. Uh, Yeah, (laughs) Okay, I was just making sure because I, mean, it's, I, I, I thought maybe a lot of these were going to be anime references that, that were going to fly right over my head. If that's an anime re- reference to the actual show that we're talking about. Yeah, that gotcha. Otherwise, yeah, I, it sounded a bit like Toy Story, but okay. Yeah, yeah, it did to me too. Uh, Godzilla's singular idol in my basement is uh, Alex Sperling's answer. Uh, thank you uh alex for sending that in uh and then danny from the godzilla novelization project sent us Pero Tood away which is a reference to uh to another studio ghibli which is uh spirited away spirited away i know that one ah. yeah he knows things i actually saw that in the movie theater so that was fun yeah, that was one of the few that uh, got an American uh, theatrical release. Um, very few Ghibli films have actually had a theatrical release. Actually, well, I say that, but then I can think of quite a few of them. So never mind. Uh, <laughs> there's been a, there's been a few. Anyway, uh, speaking of depressing, oh man, Grave of the Fireflies. Uh, oh, good Studio Lord. Ghibli's very one of one of Studio Ghibli's first films, and it was. It's so beautiful, but so, so depressing. Uh, anyway, uh, Henry, uh, the host, sent us a gif of Godzilla Ultra from Godzilla Singular Point. So uh, yeah, it's Ultima. OK, Ultima, Ultra, whatever. Yeah. Ultra Magnus, Ultra Magnus <laughs> Godzilla. <laughs> Ultra Magnus. Ultra Magnum Godzilla. Ultra Ultra Magnum Godzilla. Mm -hmm. Uh, Anyway, Madison Russell sent us a gif of a weatherman and Godzilla sneaking up behind him. So I don't know what that's about. Uh, But but uh, but but thank you. And uh, and showing us a hurricane. So, yeah, Yeah, it's the eye of the storm. The eye of the singular point. (laughs) I'm glad you are making more sense of that than me. Uh, I'm too tired. Yes. And then, of course, last but not least, Crystal Lady Jessica, who sent us yes. Spirited Away by Mothra. <laughs> of course. Which me and Michael was <laughs> to be able to get here to the island. Yes. Yes. She, she apparently predicted how you would get to the island. I'm still uh, coughing she, up glitter. She looked into the future and, and, and saw the answer before the question. Ooh. Oh, I didn't realize she had that superpower. Ooh. Ooh. It, the answer was seven and eleven. <laughs> <laughs> How was your uh, your giant fountain drink? Your super fountain drink was that? <laughs> it was delicious, and it gave me brain freeze, <laughs> and probably diabetes. <laughs> 
The, no, it's diabetes. I said diabetes. diabetes. Oh, okay. Like I said diabetes. The, it's diabetes. I got the diabetes. I got the diabetes. <laughs> uh, so getting into our main topic, we are talking about Godzilla Singular Point, uh, which was released on Netflix in the United States just this week. And uh, yeah, we're going to have a plot breakdown really? from Michael. Okay, so... Um, there was this guy and this other guy and they're scientists and they go and they read a book. And at the same time, this chick is looking at her computer and she's super smart and she's eating ramen while looking at her computer and she gets an idea. And then she goes and meets this other chick who's really, really smart. And they figure out that the world's going to end. And then Godzilla shows up, but it's not really Godzilla. It's actually Titanosaurus. And then everyone thinks that it's Godzilla, but it's not really Godzilla. And then another creature shows up that they think is Godzilla. And it's not really Godzilla. It's actually Varan. And then... Uh, that creature goes away and then another creature shows up and it, everyone thinks it's Godzilla again. I mean, come on guys. And it's not really Godzilla. It's actually Gorosaurus. <laughs> um, and then while all this madness is happening, you've got a flock of Rodans off having tea somewhere around the world. You know, they're just kind of like they're, they're, they're venturing out throughout the world, seeing the sights. They, they saw the statue of Liberty. They probably pooped on it. Um, I mean, it's it was it was crazy, and then all of a sudden the actual Godzilla shows up, and him and Jet Jaguar get into a fight, uh, and something happens, and all kinds of crystals just shoot up out of the ground. It was kind of weird, and then some music plays, and it was really funky, and it made me cry because, regardless of what Nathan tries to say, I actually do have a heart, and then. Uh, <laughs> And then we get a preview of another doppelganger at the end of the show. Uh, it's actually going to be McKenny Kong coming back for season two um, to fight Godzilla. So we're actually we're actually going to get a re we're actually going to get Godzilla versus Kong three, but uh, it's going to be Godzilla Ultima versus McKenny Kong. Jimmy is calling you calling BS on you right there because he says I rebuilt. Mechanicong, not these guys. Shut up, Jimmy. You're drunk. <laughs> uh, he's always drunk on the job. Uh, so anyway, <laughs> yeah, that uh, that plot breakdown kind of went off the rails a little bit, but uh, but yeah, um, <laughs> honestly, let's, not too far off. Let's get into our opening thoughts before we get into a deep, deep discussion. Uh, who wants to start off on the opening thoughts? Well, since since Nathan since we're in Nathan's home and he has been so gracious enough to you know give us tea and crackers, um, the I'm going to say Jimmy has to go first. To <laughs> the bunk bed in the corner to sleep on. Like, come on, guys! Like, couldn't you get? Come on, Nathan! Couldn't you get the board to give us proper accommodations while we're here? Hey, 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 hey! I can't make the board do anything. If anything, they make me do things. Like, you got. You remember when you guys came here and they had that special Bish concert for to celebrate the ser series being released worldwide by Netflix? Remember at the, when they played the song, uh, the theme song at the end? And there was that guy in the inflatable Godzilla Ultima costume. That might have been me. Uh, and is oh, it, I was is wondering it, who that was. It was me. They told me I had to do it. And let me tell you, I, I've used inflatable Godzilla costumes before, but that tail was so long that it wouldn't inflate. So Jimmy had to make a more powerful fan motor to get it to stay inflated. 
So okay, that was so fun. that's Nathan's opening thoughts. Uh, Michael, what are your <laughs> opening thoughts on the? <laughs> My opening thoughts are, okay, so when this anime was first announced, I was very skeptical. And I was like, nah, this, you know, we, we've already seen the Godzilla anime before. It wasn't very good. I didn't like it. Yeah, we um, hate anime. Thanks, Elijah. Moving on. I, anyway, no, no, no. I'm better than Elijah. Um, <laughs> it, but hang on, Nathan. Hang on, hang on. Um, but so after watching it, I actually started watching it uh uh online along with the rest of with uh, with everybody else i watched the fan subs uh and i started to really really enjoy it and it actually exceeded my expectations it was a lot darker than what i was expecting um but there were some there were some moments i will say that i do agree with some of the criticisms of singular point that it is very hard to understand in some points but Sometimes you just got to go with it and let it take you where it's going to take you. So overall, I really, I really enjoyed my time with Singular Point. Uh, Nathan, I'll let you let you do your. Oh, okay. I, uh, <laughs> I was uh, despite the fact that the, it actually was being shown here each individual episode on Monster Island. I decided to be a good boy and wait to watch it with the rest of the world, and then I binged it. <laughs> and let me tell you, I had already been hearing some rumblings, both good and bad for the show. And, but the people who liked it were hyping it pretty hard. So I'm like, okay, I'm going in, uh, you know, going into this. I had somewhat high expectations and much like you, Michael, I was surprised how good it was, at least for me. I really enjoyed this. Wait, hang on, hang on, hang on. So you didn't watch it as it was coming out? Are you trying to tell me, are you trying to tell us that you're not a real fan? Yeah. Because you didn't watch it in real time with everybody? Fan. We get it. You're not a true fan? Yeah, you okay. are the true fan I, in this room. Are you happy? Run. Yeah, because I've been very open about the fact that I watched the first episode uh, when, when you know, online uh, using a VPN, but I did not watch any more because I wanted to wait till the whole series came out and I could watch it all in uh, one sitting, although I ended up doing it in two sittings, but it was pretty much in one sitting. Uh, and yeah, so, so yeah, you're the only one that actually followed along week to week. And I have to say, well, I well, might have been better off waiting... Like I might have actually been better off watching it week to week instead of all in one chunk because uh, I I had a hard time following what was going on. And it wasn't and it wasn't the the techno babble or the sciencey stuff like that. I just let it wash over me. I'm I watch Star Trek. I watch you know. I watch Ghost in the Shell. I watch stuff like that. That that stuff. I just let it wash over me. It's fine. That doesn't bother me. Right. The, the but I was struggling to follow the actual the actual like show and what was happening in the show and in the scenes, not just what was being said. Uh, I, I posted my initial thoughts on Twitter. Uh, it's a thing that exists. It certainly has Godzilla in it sometimes. And that's, I mean, that's kind of the, my if you, uh, if you if you count if you count uh, if you count all, th all no all four forms of Godzilla all throughout his evolution, I mean he's in it a bit. He's in it a lot more than what people want to say. But I, but I guess if 
if you're only going by if you're only going by Godzilla Ultima, the final form, he's only in episodes 10, 11. I don't even think he's much well, he's a little bit in 12 and then the final. He's only in like four episodes. Or he's yeah. only in like uh, yeah, only he's in like four yeah, episodes. But even th- but even then he doesn't show up until the end of episode 3. Right, because he's that's the clip when he's they show him swimming. Mm-hmm. Right, yeah, and it's and only and it's only a small brief moment when he's on screen because they play his theme. Mm-hmm. Right, yeah. Um, so I think instead of getting into likes and dislikes like we usually do, I kind of wanted to break this show down because there's so much going on in the show. I wanted to break it down into four parts. So I want to talk about the characters. I want to talk about the storytelling, I want to talk about the themes, and I want to talk about the aesthetics. So starting with the characters, what do you guys think of... I know what Nathan thinks of one of the characters. Um, <laughs> what, <laughs> what, are, what do we think of the characters in this show? I like the characters. There are... Um, I liked... I'll say that my favorite character was actually Goro, the old man. <laughs> The old, oh, I, I identified a lot with the old man. Okay, absolutely. boomer. The, the old <laughs> cranky guy. I liked the old cranky guy. Yeah, because I'm an old cranky guy at heart. That's why I think I like him so He much. actually had one of the best lines I thought in the whole show because I actually wrote it down, which is, uh, well, if you watch the dub anyway, which is he says, I put the ooh in cool. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that was a good one. <laughs> Yeah, uh, I think the characters were really. I I really liked them. I did see some criticism. I don't want to get into too much. I I, I said before we started recording, I didn't want to get into too much of criticism uh, that other people have. I just want to talk about talk about how we feel. But one point that somebody did bring out uh, in one of their reviews, uh, somebody's review that I read today, uh, and I I think it's a good point, and that's why I want to bring it up. The characters, while really fun they don't seem to do much other than express exposition. Like that's, that's kind of like their main, the main thing for most of the characters in this is just to, to talk the techno babble. I disagree with that. Yeah. There's a lot of techno babble, but the whole premise of the show, because this is not an action series, it, these are characters who are trying to unravel a mystery, which by nature involves a lot of investigation and talking things out and then saying, oh, wait, I figured something out. This is what this means now. You know, mm-hmm. And they're still doing things. They're going to different locations and they're fixing Jet Jaguar and you know, they're doing stuff other than expositing. Yeah, they don't. But the, but they don't. To, to Travis's point, though. And the writer's point, they don't get it. They don't get involved a whole lot, except for uh, towards the, except for the penultimate and the and the in the finale. They don't get in like they don't get hands on very much. Right, and I think that's where that's where I kind of feel. And also the the fact that when it does comes to, to come to the hands on stuff, it tends to lean towards Jet Jaguar doing stuff, uh, Palo Two doing stuff. But you know, mm. but the the human characters, uh, there just isn't as much. There isn't as much interplay. Let me let me put it that way. There's not as much interplay between the characters as what would. I would have liked like you have a lot of yeah there's two well uh, Uh the thing that's interesting there is we actually are three 
main cast, well, no, our four main cast members don't meet each other until the final episode. And it's at the end of the final episode. That's the th something I thought was really interesting. Now they communicate with each other, but they don't actually meet until the end of the series. Right. Right. Yeah. 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 Cause there's a lot, I mean, there's like, there's two different plots. There's two different, uh, there's two different plot lines leading to the same thing. In, they're, they're both trying to figure out the same mystery, but they're doing it in different ways. And they don't, and to, and like you said, Nathan, they don't actually, the, the two teams may and pair and Pedro two Pero Pero two. Yeah. Yeah. Um, uh, and Pero two and Yoon and meathead's name, which I cannot think of what this guy's name is. Um, the, his, his sidekick and Goro, mm -hmm. and of course Goro, they don't actually meet each other till the end. Right. But well, they're well, all in, they're all in this may, and but the they're all focused on the meet. same goal. May and the meathead meet earlier in the show. Oh, that's they, right. That is revealed that, that they knew each that's other. Right. That's right. That's right. That's right. Cause she rode on his, she rode with him on his, uh, uh, moped. Right. And they knew each other. They knew each other from school. So, so yeah, the, that, that, those two interplay there, but, but like, I think it even goes further than just our main characters. I think the it, like, that's what he said. okay. Uh, the, the, you get, you get BB, the character BB and his daughter. And there's really nothing going on there. Like as far like you don't see a lot of, I mean, they interact with each other, but they don't really have a lot of like emotional kind of beats together. That's more just, just talking back and forth to each other about what's happening. And that's where I think it's just like, there was a lot of exposition in the show and not a lot of emotional beats. And I think that's where the show kind of lost me in some points. I mean, the, the show was, if we're talking like human emotion, where the show was a little bit dry. Yeah. Yeah. But I don't I, know. Like, but I don't know if that was the point of the series. Like I said, this is a mystery series. It's a it, watching. It is. These characters try to it's very analytical. On. Yeah. Yeah. But I, I still think there needs to be some kind of there has to be some kind of human emotion in it to latch onto. Now it doesn't have to be the main focus of the show. I don't, you know, I don't, I completely on, on the side of, yeah, this is a mystery and you got to solve the mystery. But even with the mystery, like I just, it feels like there's just, it's like, like uh, Michael said, it's very dry and it's dry to the point that they talk a lot about this, this one character who dies and they keep saying it's her dying wish. And they keep saying that this was her dying wish. This is what her goal was. This is what she wanted before she died. And I had forgotten that she even died. Because other than people saying she died, no one was reacting to her dying. No one was like having an emotional reaction to the fact that she died. And that just, it was so, so dry to the point of, I was losing interest in what the characters were doing a lot of times. Well, admittedly, there were characters who were being remarkably calm when crazy things were happening, but they were not necessarily characters you were meant to like either. Yeah, well, all of the characters seemed a lot 
calmer than than what they should be in these situations um but as far as individuals are concerned like i like i'm talking about the interplay between the characters it was kind of dry but as far as individuals are concerned the individual characters were very memorable like you said goro yoon may bb all of these characters were so memorable and and even the robot characters you know jet jaguar was very memorable uh pero too was very memorable so mm-hmm. i can't knock it too much because they did a great job on making these characters stand out and and i even said this when i was talking to elijah in private was uh that like thematically and and this the show did remind me a lot of the anime trilogy the godzilla earth anime trilogy but the difference is the characters didn't make me want to jump off a cliff uh whereas the godzilla earth (laughs) ones they did i hated all of the characters in in the godzilla earth anime trilogy whereas this i actually liked them and i wanted to see them succeed Uh, okay fine you hinted at it already travis but yes may is my new waifu fight me danny and i hope she gets hired to work here on monster island fine there i <laughs> but no that well, travis is travis no travis is right travis is right because uh these characters are very memorable and out of and out of the out of the the main core cat the main core characters that we got we get to follow throughout this series i'm gonna say that probably goro was goro was definitely very memorable to me um, uh, Yoon was a good character and so was May. And uh, well, so was, I guess, Pero too was, was adorable. Oh, uh, yeah. Was, he's, that's a case where it's a mascot character, but it's a mascot character that's integral to the plot as opposed uh-huh. to just being cutesy, kawaii eye candy to slushies. Uh-huh. <laughs> but we yeah. also had, uh, Jung, which was the other AI that eventually gets installed into Jet Jaguar. So we, two ais in the show mm-hmm. yes that's that's the that's i think that was what episode seven where where jet jaguar jet jaguar uh reboots it's reboots himself uh i didn't know you could do that jet by the way um reboots reboots himself and basically just reverts to infant form okay uh okay baby, which, which baby I jet about baby jet is creepy Hearing baby, uh, hearing Jet Jaguar <laughs> with a baby voice say "Mommy, Mommy," it was the creepiest. That thing. is, that is a little bit creepy. <laughs> uh, it wasn't meant to be creepy. What? It was. Hang on, hang on. What did he say? I didn't hear him, Nathan. What did I, he say? I, I'm still learning my Jet Jaguar speak, but I think he was trying to say that. Yeah, that only happened once in his life and it wasn't necessarily the most fun, but <laughs> oh, I, thought, I thought he was getting ready to say after many hours of therapy, that's where we ended up okay. uh, there. There was probably that too, but I actually have a theory about why that happens because with the techno babbly stuff that that's going on with the idea being that basically they are trying to solve a puzzle that was sent to them from the future, but they can't solve the puzzle until they already have the answer. And then they kind of have to work backwards. So I kind of think that that's kind of what happened with jet. Cause basically they were doing a massive software upgrade on jet to make him super smart and invincible. 
Right, because it's uh, because yeah, they were using at the very end. At the very end, you hear you hear Jet P, you you hear uh, uh, Jet Jaguar PP say that he was reborn over and over and over again, and I imagine that's there when he says that he's referencing the the I think what what did Yoon say he it was on the it was on his five hundred and fifty first reboot or something like that something like that but i think the idea is that the base because the very basics of what they were using was already sent from the future so even though it's from the future everything it's it's basically everything's kind of working backwards so you got the infant jet jaguar you know it's you know version one of the new software and then it had to keep doing its weird little quantum physics you know uh you know uh, constant rebooting in order to uh, evolve to the point that he was able to do the crazy stuff at the end. <laughs> now, but before we get too deep into talking about the, cause this is kind of getting into the storytelling and, and I do want to get yeah. into that, but mm-hmm. I want to talk a little bit about the voice cast because we, we all watched it dubbed. Now we did watch it. Yeah. Uh, some of us watched a little bit of it subbed, but, but, uh, but we watched it dubbed. What did you guys think of the voice acting? I, as dubs go, I was really impressed, actually. And for Michael, we found out that there's actually a pair of Power Ranger connections. <laughs> uh, yeah. I mean, I was I was pleasantly I was pleasantly surprised by the dub. I, I really was. I, I didn't know what to expect when 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 the dub came out. But all the all the voices, all the voices that they chose uh, for the characters, they they matched. They they were believable. Uh, I think the voice actress for May was really good. Um, yeah, her name is uh, and, her name is Erica Harlatcher. Okay, I thought she I thought she fit the character. Her voice fit the character very good, and because because voice acting is one of those things where if the voice that they're using doesn't quite match the character, it kind of takes me a little bit out of it. And um, I, I I think they did a good job of choosing their voice voice actors. And yes, Nathan, there were some Power Ranger connections because Johnny Young Bosch, the Zeo Green Ranger. Uh, and uh, Turbo Green Ranger and uh, the Mighty Morphin Black Ranger uh, was the voice for Yoon and uh, uh, Barbara Goodson uh, played Rita Repulsa uh, was the voice of Black Eyed Evil yeah, Lady. With the Miller, cat. yes, with the dead eyes. Yeah, and Johnny yes. Young Bosch is actually uh, Power Rangers or something he's really known for, but he's also really well known in the anime world for doing various characters in mm-hmm. multiple animes. I would say the two he's probably best known for would be Vash the Stampede from Trigun and uh, Ijigo from Bleach. Uh, he also did the Netflix dub for um, for uh, Evangelion. Uh, he did yeah, uh, what you call it, main guy. Oh no, no, he did. Um, he he was the the uh, love interest that got shot. What was his name? Dude, agent, dude. That with the with the go uh, with the like scruffiness and the ponytail. I'm trying to look it up because now because despite the fact that I love that anime, it's escaping me right now. <laughs> and yeah, I feel he terrible. was he was um he was um what's her name annoying girls uh, keeper. Oh Toji, yeah, I now remember. Yeah, that. Toji. Toji. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. I can't remember names. Uh, yeah. Um, one of the things I love about the uh, voice cast in this show is that a lot of them are veteran uh, 
anime actors. So if you are an anime fan and you listen to the dub, you will hear voices that you recognize from other things. Yeah, like, I like and I heard so several, many. I don't them. see him. Yeah, I don't see him credited, but he mostly just did a bunch of. I think they would call it additional voices. So just random bit characters. But Bo Billingsley, I know that voice. Yeah, he, he was, voiced uh, multiple bit characters. Yeah, he was one of the main. He was he was a big character in there because I remember when we heard his voice, we uh, we both said, "Hey, that's what you call it." Mm-hmm. Yeah, the and Bo Billingsley has done multiple animes, but he's best known for playing Jet in Cowboy Bebop. Right. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, so we've got we got a lot of uh, a lot of great uh, voice actors. I, I think I think and and I've heard I don't know because I like I said I didn't really watch the I watched one episode of the subbed version, but I have heard from people who know uh japanese and then turn around and watch the dub but the translation is really good uh here so so them translating all that techno babble and a lot of the stuff is really good so so i I just kudos to them they did a fantastic job on this series yeah they did Uh, and and one of the things that i one of the things that i did see online uh just kind of uh, skimming around about this is that netflix actually dumbed down the the dumb down the dialogue uh triple d uh there to make it more palatable for uh, for audiences that watch the dub only really mm-hmm. they actually dumbed it down for audiences i can see huh. that. i can see that I can definitely see that because like like and we'll get into this this is a good segue into storytelling because i am a fan of kind of high concept sci-fi movies tv shows and anime and uh i've mentioned it already but one of the animes that i watched like like in my teens when a lot of people were watching evangelion i was watching ghost in the shell and mm-hmm. ghost in the shell is full of the techno babble <laughs> mm-hmm. like, philosophizing Trust me. Yes, yes, and, and it melts your brain because they are just constantly because and it makes sense in that show. And I always say that whenever I introduce that show, or well, it was a movie first, then the show, but the show, the standalone mm-hmm. complex and everything. Um, whenever I introduce that to someone and they get kind of like turned, like their head starts to melt because of the of the techno babble, I always remind them like this is set in the distant future. And it is set in a time when humans are upgrading themselves using technology. So it's just kind of understood that humans are on a level of thinking and processing information that we're not at. And so it makes sense for their the way they talk, the way they express themselves, the way that they uh, just interact with the world. It's on a different level. In this mm-hmm. show, it was it made sense to a certain level because they're all of these people are scientists and engineers, but also it uh-huh. just kind of like I just was ignoring all the techno babble and was just along for the ride. <laughs> oh, but that's actually one of the things that I really liked about this because, in a lot of ways, this isn't what for most people they would consider a typical anime. Because none of these characters are ridiculous superheroes or anything. You know, these are not mm-hmm. Gokus and, you know, or anything like that. They're, by all intents and purposes, regular people who just happen to be really smart. 
And, right. you know, like May is a graduate student. And that's the other thing I think is interesting is these characters are also a little bit older overall than you would expect in most anime because most anime are basically young adults. You know, it's young mm-hmm. adult material. So the characters are, you know, like between the ages of 15 and maybe 19, you know, uh, Pacific Rim, the black had those characters are all teenagers other than that. Mm-hmm. That shows may who's 19. She's mm-hmm. the oldest one there. And, but in this one, uh, they only say Yun's name. They say he's 24. And, you know, if May being a graduate student, she's got to be at least in her mid-20s at the bare minimum. And then you have the cranky old guy who's actually a main character. So, right. you know, so the characters are a little bit older, which I think is interesting. But so they're breaking a lot of molds here. But, but like I said, by all intents and purposes, they're just really smart, ordinary people. Yeah, I, I, when we first started seeing images of Singular Point a few uh, last year, I think it was last year, or yeah, um, and they started showing us pictures of uh, of the cast and the characters. I honestly thought they were going to be kids because they look like kids, and I guess it's just the animation style. But I'm really happy that they are. I, I'm really happy that they are actually older adults and not children. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Uh, they managed I, to avoid. Gamera kid syndrome there. <laughs> right. Yeah. What is, I, what is it, Travis? Well, I was going to say, just as far as storytelling cons- is concerned, I did, in general, like the way that the mystery kind of unraveled slowly. Um, I Like Nathan has kind of talked about already, that, the, that you have these two groups of people who are solving a mystery, and they're solving in their own way. And they're globe trotting from to different locations to solve. Uh, I, I I saw someone compare it to a Christopher Nolan film, which and it really does feel like that because Christopher Nolan does take kind of high concepts and kind of fits them into you know a, a cop drama or a, a you know a, a mystery or something like that. You know, like they, they he he fits these high concepts into a genre that doesn't usually have or, high concepts or uh, or like Inception. It's a heist movie. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And so, so I like that idea behind taking a high concept and fitting it into a story that is, that generally doesn't necessarily have a high concept. So I did like it. I liked the action in the, in it. I think the action scenes really made the show what it was and made it as fun as what it was. Um, you know, from Jet Jaguar fighting Rodan, uh, from Jet Jaguar fighting Angiris to Godzilla to all, you know, Gabra tearing into Shiva headquarters and trying to get to the single no, point. No. no, that was Salunga. Yeah, or yeah, not yeah. Gabra. Not- yeah, not yeah. Gabra, not <laughs> Gabra breaking into it. Just like it, it's such a, it, it, the action scenes in it were so good. And I think the animation and, and that's kind of touching into aesthetics. The animation lent itself really well to the action scenes and they blended it really well. The 2D and the 3D animation. I have to mm. say one of the things that and there was a lot of back and forth in the fandom about this because they showed that what well, that was what? You know, last fall, and it was a you know, not even a one minute trailer, but it was basically saying, "Hey, guess what? We're making an anime." And you know, you got a few shots of the characters, a few shots of the monsters, and people started freaking out, like, "Oh my gosh, Gabber! Oh my gosh, Hangarus!" And then, 
as time went on, then they started putting out news about the toys and everything. And we started noticing that the monsters that we thought they were, they weren't. So it was Salunga and not Gabra. And people are like, what are you doing? And, you know, and then we thought, you know, oh, it's that's Titanosaurus. Actually, it's Godzilla. But mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. and, you know, and they kept screwing with people. But so that was that was a little bit strange when it came to that. But then people were complaining about the designs. Good Lord. Do we want to go into this? Travis, and uh, well, not the complaints. We can go into the design. Sadistic but, yeah, joy let's, let's, at people. For Jaguar. <laughs> let's, let's talk about that. When we get to aesthetics, I want to talk yeah, about before we get to aesthetics, yeah. okay. if we're done talking about yeah, the actual not- story, the writing in it, yeah. I want yeah. to start anyway, talking about the themes. Yeah, sure. Yeah. But, uh, it's just interesting to see how they used all of the creatures. And because basically the way they explain the monsters in this is, you have what are called archetypes, which is supposed to be these interdimensional, really powerful interdimensional sources of energy that mm-hmm. are kind of seeping into the universe and they're seeping into the universe at concentrated points. And a byproduct of that happening is what they're calling the red mist or the red dust. And then the monsters are a byproduct of the red dust, which is why mm-hmm. when you, if you remember from the trailers and we were seeing things like the swarms of Rodan and because Rodan basically gets the Gauss treatment in this. He goes from a singular monster to a swarm monster. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And so the red dust is following them everywhere because they're basically, if I understand correctly, they're being spawned from that. And that's why all the, other than Angerus and Salunga, but uh, they're, there's red dust around. Actually, no, Salunga did have some red dust around him, too. Mm. Angurus did not have Angurus red didn't. dust. Right, Angurus Excuse me, didn't. Salunga. Yeah. 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 So, but one of the, like, one of the, if we're talking about themes, specifically themes, um, I get, you could pull, you could say that this is sort of indirectly talking about, like, global warming and climate change. I actually uh, read an interview with the director and the screenwriter for this. And by the way, the screenwriter is a former physicist, which I think explains mm-hmm. a lot. Yeah. He's and a he actually said, that, mm-hmm. and he actually said one of the things he was trying to do with this is to take that core theme from the original Godzilla film, where back then it was about nuclear energy and nuclear testing, nuclear weapons, and was taking that kind of basic idea and, but doing it within something different. And in this case, talking about things like physics and how and quantum mechanics and how that affects everything. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I thought that was neat. I thought, like you said, it, it did stay true to kind of a, the Gojira model of what hath, what hath man wrought, um, you know, type, uh, storyline while at the same time and this and this is where and this is where i think my biggest problem with the series lies is in the themes um the theme of quantum mechanics and supercomputers and that whole thing did not gel with the monster stuff to me like the two felt very disconnected. Like I totally get like the mystery of, of 
you know trying to solve with this the the scientist who disappeared after a big you know experiment and and trying to solve and stop this catastrophe that we got we found out because of a supercomputer that saw into the future and saw this catastrophe and we're trying to stop this catastrophe all of that sounds cool and is really cool but then it's like oh also there's monsters that are spawning out of you know out of the red mist and we're trying to deal with that and it just it, i don't know it felt like it, it felt like the two just never gelled with in my opinion and when i was watching it and uh i even described it i think to in my uh final thoughts as oil and water like the two just didn't seem to come together um do you guys have an opinion on it yeah. No, I, I can. No, I'm just uh, while you were talking, I was thinking about it. I, I, I can see where you're coming from because um, the quantum mechanics, because the, the quantum mechanics, although kind of explains where the monsters are coming from, doesn't directly explain where the monsters are coming from. It just, it just, it felt like to me like these mon. It, honestly, it felt like these monsters already existed, but were awakened by the red dust they actually were not produced by they were they didn't come from the red dust they were just awakened by the red dust which, that's what it felt like to which me. would be in line with classic godzilla thematics right and, and, and right. in the show it's and, kind and of ambiguous and it monsters yeah. and also i'm going to be honest with you there's a lot of uncertainty in quantum mechanics because i did some research on quantum mechanics and yeah, there's a lot of uncertainty in it. Well, it's it's it tries to be it tries to be scientific and theological at the same time. Well, Which is interesting that, because it, separate those two. Yeah, it's not even just that, but uh, I mean, okay, here's 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 really where I where I fall, and and I know this isn't true because I read the interview with the creators the director and the screenwriter and i so i know the process they went through to write this so it, this is not what happened but this is what it feels like happened it's they had an idea right. for a really awesome anime about quantum mechanics and the dangers of quantum mechanics and what happens when we you know play in god's domain and we and we open a doorway to other dimensions and all of that oh crap we also have to shoehorn in godzilla somehow and so it felt so much like the monsters were an afterthought in this show and and and, and i know that's kind of weird to say because the monsters are like rodan godzilla is in it you know here and there which is fine but 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 rodan is in it so much you you wouldn't think that they would be an afterthought but it feels like it it feels like they didn't plan this to be a godzilla series until the last minute and suddenly they decided to sh shoehorn godzilla in there but they kept all of the all of the stuff that was in that they were planning from this really awesome anime and so while i don't think the the individual elements are bad i love this type of anime i love godzilla the two <laughs> just don't blend well together to me and i guess if i'm looking for a godzilla series or or a godzilla movie or a godzilla whatever anything godzilla related i i want it to be more streamlined and simplistic because i want godzilla to shine more even if he's only in it 
for like five minutes out of the entire series. That's fine. I'm not here to say you have to have Godzilla in there through the entire series. You can only have him in there for five minutes. You can still make Godzilla shine. They didn't. They didn't do that. Godzilla was just kind of there. And the, what shined was the science of this show. That's what shined. That's what you take away from it. That's the main thing people think of when they think of this. They're not thinking of Godzilla. And I think that's a shame for a Godzilla series. I would disagree with that. I do think about the monsters in this quite a bit. Well, that's only be, well, I get where Travis is coming from because we think about the monsters because on, let's be, cause I'll, I'll be fair here. I came for the monsters. Everything else that I discovered and started to enjoy was simply because there were monsters in the mm-hmm. anime. Let's, I'm going to be, well, I'm going to be brutal. Uh, I, admittedly, the monsters are a big draw in this. And then when you actually get into it, it's, it's this hard sci-fi high concept anime. And uh, so I could understand where there's a disconnect and it, and I've been saying this for a long time The I expected when this thing dropped that it was not going to make everybody happy and it would be somewhat divisive because that's basically what any new Godzilla thing has been for about 20 years. Oh, yeah. no one has been mostly happy with any Godzilla media. I think in terms of film and television, I think really honestly, since GMK and then it's right. just been either fluctuating or just going downhill from there. 2014 was highly divisive. King of the monsters was highly divisive. Shin Godzilla. There's a lot of Shin Godzilla in this good Lord. And, you know, it, yeah. that was divisive. Godzilla versus Kong was divisive. What really confuses me is the same people who complained three months ago that GVK was too dumb, watch Singular Point and say it's too smart. So I'm just sitting here thinking that what do you people want? I'm going to stop you there because I don't want to get into right. I don't want to get into criticisms of the of the fandom because that is it that is a that is a rabbit trail. Right. I am happy to have that conversation, just not today. I'm just right. Uh, I don't want to get just into saying, what other people are saying. I want to focus on what we think. Yeah, yeah I get it. Which I, I get that, but I did not walk away feeling like that. I walked away very satisfying. I felt like everything in this was really compelling. I was very invested in the characters and them figuring out what is going on. And then when monsters appeared, it was really exciting. And so I was with this show basically the entire time. I will say that I will say I I was disappointed with the amount of monster action in this, in this series. I will say I will, I, I was very disappointed in the amount of it, but what I, I think what slightly made it up, what slightly made it up for it with me anyway, was when they did use monsters. They at least they used them effectively. I think I know Godzilla's not in this a whole lot, which was extremely disappointing to me. But I feel like when they used Godzilla, when they used when they used Ultima and his other forms, he was actually used effectively. Except well, except maybe Amphibious because he just kind of sat there and froze. But, well, here's yeah. my thing, and I and I well, think. Uh, I I don't disagree that that Godzilla when he did appear he was used great and we'll talk about aesthetics like there's a lot of aesthetically beautiful shots and and great shots with with Godzilla in this show so we'll talk about that 
I think where I am having a problem is Godzilla wasn't the driving force in the show. Godzilla was there mm-hmm. and Godzilla was, had a presence, but he wasn't the driving force. The driving force was the singular points and the the artifacts and all of the, you know, that the the sciency yeah. stuff. That was the driving force. And yeah. and we take as an as an example 2014. Now, 2014 has faults. I ain't going to worry about the, the faults. But talking about how Godzilla only appears for small amounts of time. He's not in it through the whole movie. But he's still the driving force. Like, Godzilla is the thing that moves the story along. He is the center of the story, whether he's there or not. When Godzilla's not on screen, Godzilla is not the driving force of this show. Godzilla is just a byproduct of something else that is driving the plot. And that is why I don't like it as a Godzilla show. I like it as an anime. I think it's a great anime. I think it's a great story. I don't think it's a good example of a Godzilla anime because Godzilla's not the driving force. And I just prefer Godzilla to and be I think, the driving and I- force. And I, and I think that and I think that's fair. I, I think that's fair. Uh, what? Let me ask you, Travis. Just if if Godzilla, if Godzilla in his traditional Godzilla e form showed up a lot earlier, do you think that the plot would have? Do you think that would have helped any at all? No. If he was more of a presence. I, 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 it's not the amount of time that he's in it. I don't, uh, that's the thing. I don't care if he's in it five minutes or, or five hours. I don't, I don't really care. It's, it's the fact that he wasn't mm. the focus. Okay. It's like, you know, it's Godzilla's not the reason okay. why we're here, you know, in the, in the show. Okay. Like it's the reason why we're here <laughs> as, as Godzilla fans. It's the reason right. why we come to the show, but it's not the reason why the characters are there. It's not the reason why anything is happening in the, in this show. It's just a, he's just a byproduct of something that already happened or is happening and that uh so that that's what i get and and one of the things and this is not necessarily a gauge for the quality of a movie but it's just a kind of an interesting note do you guys ever remember any of the main characters well let's let's just say yun and may the two main characters do you remember either of them ever saying godzilla's name I don't remember May saying it, but I think Yun did. Yun, I think Yun said it once uh, in conversation, but I, it's very difficult for me to to to, uh, to remember May saying the name Godzilla. I know Goro said Godzilla a lot, but right, not yeah, Goro did. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And, and, and May Jaguar did. Yeah. Yeah. The reason May wasn't saying it was because she was usually off doing other things that were related to what was going on, but she was well even Yun. Like you guys say you think Yun said it, but but do you remember, actually remember, or do you just assume he said it because he was in so many scenes with Godzilla? I do distinctly remember him saying it at least once. I could be wrong, but I have a memory of him saying it at least once. I don't distinctly remember. I'm going off of just an educated guess. Yeah, like educated guess. Like I would, ass- you know, I would assume he might have said it once or twice because he's in so many scenes. But there's no memorable moment of him say. Like I think of of Katakiri in in uh, Godzilla 2000. Godzilla, you know that that 
epic moment where he faces off against Godzilla and it just brings everything that all of the the elements of this movie together and the character obviously you know it's showing that Godzilla is the center of this film that, I think they yeah. attempted to do something. I think they attempted to do something like that in the finale when Ewan faced off with Godzilla, when he was facing imminent death. Yeah, like, but here's the thing. Here's my counter to that. You uh, and I'm sure a lot of and people have already been making comparisons between these two. But our previous foray into Godzilla anime, the character, the main character, is ridiculously obsessed with Godzilla. Yeah. So you yeah, had the uh, extreme. You've already said you d- you didn't like it in part because of that. So right. it's just no, interesting I, that we got something different here, and uh, you're struggling with it. Well, no, it's and that's 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 not even the reason why I'm struggling with this, and that's not even has nothing to do with it because. In the Godzilla Earth anime trilogy, yes, the character was obsessed with Godzilla. He's also just a terrible character in general. These are decent <laughs> characters, but but to its credit, to its credit, God, the Godzilla Earth anime series does make Godzilla a center point of the show of the of the the trilogy. It is, and he is a driving force behind everything. Cause like literally the entire earth has evolved to support Godzilla. So he uh-huh. is, he is uh-huh. a driving force in this. He's not. And so that's, that's not a character thing. He's, that's a storytelling theme, thematic thing. He's, he's kind of like the, the mythos of Godzilla is just kind of what you're saying. I'm trying to translate what try, what, what I'm trying to grasp what you're saying is that the mythos that the mythos of Godzilla is just kind of distilled down into just another monster. I think what's going on here is Godzilla is he become, because they say Godzilla is a singular point. So Godzilla is the most out of all the monsters. He's the most important one they say, but basically what's going on is Godzilla is part of the larger crisis, the catastrophe. That was a word they used all the time in this show. The catastrophe that they're trying to avoid. And Godzilla is a focal point in that. And the rest of the monsters are byproducts of this. So Godzilla is the biggest part of the crisis that they're facing. So I think that's... That seems to be what the issue is. The crisis they're facing is a driving force in this. It's just that Godzilla is only part of it. The, he might he, right. apparently he's the biggest important part, but he's still only part of the crisis. He's right. he's the result of the crisis, not the cause of the crisis. Yeah. Right. And, okay. and, and well, he's not even a full, like not even fully the result because you got other monsters. Like, like I think Michael, you hit the nail on the head when you said he's just another monster in this. And yeah, like he is the biggest and yeah, he is the strongest and yeah, he is shown as being, you know, uh, somewhat more important than the others, but he is still just another mm-hmm. monster in this group, in this, in but, this yes, series and, of monsters but, that's coming. Uh-huh. And, but defeating Godzilla at the end with, Jet Jaguar becomes the catalyst to averting the catastrophe. We right. Think, I mean, we you know, think, Godzilla. Go- we think maybe the catastrophe yes, because wasn't they were this seeing, all along. 
<laughs> we, we, I want to talk about that too, but uh, but I want let's get into uh, let, we've we've talked about this a lot, and and I've kind of, I feel like I've kind of I don't know how else to to describe what what I'm feeling, but that's that's where I landed on it. Is the problem I have with it is that when I come to a Godzilla property, I expect Godzilla to be a center point of the of it like at least be a driving force behind the things that's happening even if he's not appearing in it all the time uh and he just wasn't in this and so while i enjoyed the show on a level of because it's a fun anime i didn't enjoy it as a godzilla fan um but we can now move on i think and i think and I, i think that's fair i think that's fair I honestly think that's fair. Yeah, and, and again, just, this is my personal opinion. Like, I, I, I'm fully, fully okay with people who enjoy it and disagree with me and, and completely love this top to bottom. I, that's totally fine. This is just my opinion. Um, so yeah, we can move on to uh, to aesthetics now. So we're talking about the look and designs of things. So now we can talk about the designs of the monsters, <laughs> which I know Nathan kind of wanted to talk about. Yeah, uh, yeah. just because I, I kind of enjoyed your sadistic glee at everyone freaking out over Jet Jaguar. <laughs> everyone hated the little stubby leg got uh, Jet Jaguar, and I loved him so much. <laughs> yeah, well, and that's honestly the, why I I almost wonder because you had that uh, kind of extended. It was not even that wasn't even a trailer. It was more like a music video that Toho put out with the theme song, where Jet Jaguar got showcased, and he got showcased as being kind of scary. And I'm just like, this is Toho responding to people saying the design's terrible, isn't it? Where it's yeah. just, I see that and I just because they showed him with this really dark lighting and kind of a lot of mm-hmm. negative space and he's carrying that uh, the uh, what are they, the spear of Angerus, which sounds like a weapon that's going to show up in a Godzilla RPG at some point mm-hmm. <laughs> and uh, you know and, and he looks all scary and stuff and I'm, and I just want to caption that and say like what were you saying about my terrible design. <laughs> 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 yeah, okay, so I will I will say I was one of the jet I was one of the jet jaguar hey that just sounds weird coming out of my mouth. Um I was one of the JJ haters when I when I first saw it cuz I thought the little stubby leg long armed orangutan look for jet jaguar was not good. Like it was silly. It was it was silly. But it, there was a purpose. I, I figured there was going to be a purpose behind it and there was. Um and we got full-fledged Jet Jaguar um, later on in the show as well. But I was I, I warmed up to the design of JJ after after a while. Right around episode, I think it was episode five or six. After when he was when he fought when he actually confronted Angiris, I think I started warming up to the design more. And I think that's part, uh, partly because, and I kind of expected this that they would start modifying Jet Jaguar mm-hmm. series mm-hmm. progress. I mean, come on the. Jet here has been ever since he saw stuff for Singular Point. He's been doing weird mods to himself to look more like the Singular uh, to look more like he did in Singular Point. So I'm still not sure that was a great idea. But you know they were modifying him and the, uh, they were tweaking the design until you got to that final scene and that final well, not the final scene, but you got to the end of the final episode where he becomes. 
this ridiculous anime version of of the Godzilla versus Megalon Jet Jaguar, where he's super smart and he magically can grow to the same size as Godzilla and fight him, <laughs> you know, mm-hmm. with you know, which was just insane. You know, in the same yeah. year, yeah. We got Godzilla versus Kong round two and Godzilla versus Jet Jaguar. It's a little nuts. And so it, there was a nice progression to that. And then I think it was illustrating, for lack of a better way to put it, the, the Jet Jaguar's progress as a character because he was evolving as the series progressed. Yeah. yeah. Now, as a as as I know, Travis is a fan of of Baragon. <laughs> what did you think? Uh, what did you think, Travis, of Salunga, not Gabra? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I, as far as a Baragon kind of motif, he had barely had anything. He had the horn and the ears, and that was about it. I I did like the little monkey monster. Oh, <laughs> he did. He did kind of crawl around like a, he monkeyed around wait, a wait. lot. <laughs> He looked like a baboon. <laughs> oh. What are is that? Are you going to start a new hashtag justice for Salunga? <laughs> no, no, no. He got his due. He got his due. Uh, no, I, I think, I think that was a very interesting monster because it was one that seemed to have a purpose other than just destruction and chaos. It like had a goal. Uh-huh. And so it kind of like makes me wonder if they're going to develop going into a season two, which we know we're going to get a season two. They've already announced a season two. Uh, if they're going to explore, maybe this monster was sent by someone specific, whereas the other ones were just a byproduct of everything going on. This one was specifically sent through with a purpose. Yeah. that. Salunga, Salunga was one of those where he was, he was one that just felt very purposeful that mm-hmm. like he was laser focused on, on getting the Shiva. Is it, is it Shiva or Shiva? Shiva. Shiva. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, he was, he was dead focused on getting to the Shiva. Uh, whereas all the other creatures were just kind of off doing their own thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And the Shiva and, consortium. And... Oh, go uh, for it. No, go, go ahead. Go ahead. Oh, I was just going to say the we, we I probably should have brought this up when we were talking about themes, but the Shiva Consortium is is interestingly named because Shiva is a Hindu god of destruction and recreation, which is basically what they were endeavoring to do. And when you were talking about the theological aspects, there's a lot of hints at that concept of destruction and recreation, and they're not yeah. that's something that yeah. should be done. Yeah, you know? and, and I was actually going to touch on that too. That Salonga's name is actually derived from a bow and arrow or a bow in Hindu, uh, in, in Hinduism. So mm-hmm. used by, I don't know if it's used by Vashta or, or uh, Shiva. I don't know which one it's used by, but it's used by one mm-hmm. of the gods. And so, yeah, so it's, so it's, there's a lot of the, the Hinduism kind of overtones in this just use as mm-hmm. kind of like yeah. a, a, more of like an aesthetic than actual mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. They uh, they even include the quotation from the Bhagavad Gita that was famously quoted by Oppenheimer. The, you know, I, now I am become death destroyer of worlds. Yes. That's brought up in this. So uh, I also really appreciated all the literary references that made the little nerd, uh, the little lit nerd, in mm-hmm. me very happy. You know, tiger, 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 burning, tiger bright burning bright. And, bright. Yep. 
in the forest of the night and you know fearful symmetry and all that fun stuff so <clears throat> that was uh nice for me but yeah, and then so we talked about Salonga Jet Jaguar. Yeah, the Rodans were they went very paleo with Rodan. Now it has the trademark Rodan characteristics: the horns, the spiky chest. So you and mm -hmm. the roar, you can recognize him as Rodan. But like I said, they went super paleo with it. Except for except for except for Black Rodan, the yes. Black Mystic Rodan is what I called mm -hmm. it. That was a little bit. It was random. And kind of like, I wish I would have seen more of that. I think that might be something that comes back again. We're going to talk about, you know, what future, what season two might, might have in store for us. But I think that might come back. Yeah. And um, then, and then Angerus, that was, that was the one where they, uh, they didn't really mess with it a whole lot. Angerus was very recognizable as Angerus and they called him mm -hmm. Angerus. But they gave Angerus a new power set in this, which is really interesting. And they also integrated some design elements that were in promotional materials, but never really used, like he, the uh, the, yeah, the flaps, the, car the carapace, kind of open up a little bit, has flaps. And yeah. but the big difference that they did with this, and apparently we have we have to issue a retraction, Michael, because you and I said on the Pacific Rim the Black episode that. This Angerus was female, and I think we're wrong. Because <laughs> I, I, I want to say that now they did not give a sex to the yeah. Uh, so uh, yeah, yeah. They're so gender they're neutral. Yeah. So uh, you know, we we uh, we can't start a, uh, a Titanus Doug. We have to retract that. So this is not Angie. <laughs> <laughs> this is not Angie's. Not, I, I, it might be an Angelo. We don't know. So maybe we can just change it to Angelo instead of Angie. But uh, <laughs> I, but regardless, uh, this anger is, is interesting because he he has a new ability in this where it's not so much predicting the future, but he can anticipate when something is going to happen long enough in advance that he can then generate yeah. energy off of his carapace and deflect bullets. Yeah, he has spider sense. Basically, yeah, it's spider sense. But if you if you can shoot him at point blank, it's not going to work. Right. Right. Because he doesn't have enough time to react. And Travis, you were getting ready to say something. Oh, no, no, no. I, I just, yeah, I was going to get into some more of the stuff from Angerus. Yeah. And I, I like the set piece that they used for Angerus, too, because he attacks a golf course. And I can't think of yeah. too many times where Kaiju Media, where the Kaiju attacks a golf course. And then... <laughs> Apparently, this Angerus is a little bit like a cat because Jet Jaguar, who's smaller than he is, tries to fight him, and then he just knocks him over, and then he starts batting him around like a cat. They even say, like, he's being all curious. What's he doing? He's just batting it around like a cat. A lot of the is he, monsters, is he getting bored? Yeah. A lot of the monsters had very cat-like, uh, almost like curiosity to them, and I, I think that was kind of neat. Yeah, and all I'm saying is Toho, Jet Jaguar Chew Toys. Huh. Okay. Yeah. Like you just uh, like stubby orangutan Jet Jaguar. You know? <laughs> I'll I'll petition this to the board that maybe they'll start sell maybe they'll get the manufacturer and sell them in the gift shop here on Monster yeah. Island. That would be great. I I really liked I really liked the design for Angiris. It was um it was it was 
well updated. You could honestly tell it was Angiris. Before you even hear the roar, you know that that's Angiris. Mm-hmm. Um, it was not a super, it was not a, a, a radical departure like some of the other kaiju. Um, but yeah, I, I like the design for Angiris. Mm-hmm. And then we yeah, had Monda, uh, and they did. They yeah, Monda. that's what I was going to ask. What do you guys think of Monda? Wow. It kind of looks like a giant shrimp. But it's not a giant shrimp. I guess it's. I guess it's because of the arms. It makes it look like a giant shrimp to me. Yeah, it looks uh, more eel-like about- to me. Oh, eel. or eel. Yeah, more eel-like. I guess. Um, yeah, and they made him a swarm creature, just like they did with Rodan. Uh-huh. And yeah, although yeah. I kind of the-, the fact that it fights Godzilla might be a hint, an homage to that deleted scene from Destroy All Monsters. Oh, it definitely probably was. Yeah. It definitely probably was. So yeah, that, that was really, all right. I like that. I like that the that you actually got to see the monster, uh, two of the monsters fight because we weren't getting that. Like we weren't getting that in any of the other monsters. They weren't fighting each other, and then Godzilla comes along, and then you get to actually see two of the monsters fight, and that was that was fun. Yeah, the only thing I, I think the only thing you got to see were or got to got implied anyway was uh godzilla aquatillus and uh, chasing down the school or the pod of i'll say pod of monda yeah mm-hmm. yeah they talked about yeah. that and, but then you had another one of those oh my gosh this had to be the weirdest fusion out of all of them because then you had the insect creatures that were in the kind of the yeah, midpoint the- of the oh the oh the kumegalon yeah that's yeah, good Kumegalons. that's what they, they missed an opportunity there the kumegalon that would have been such a good name because they're basically spiders with megalon arms and yeah, some of them have they, man they had, yeah and they had like almost like crab like features too which I I kind of I thought was neat I liked those designs um I thought they were neat they they could have called them anything because like you know they really. Like they have the elements from other yeah. monsters, but they really felt like yeah. a wholly new original thing, and that was fine. Yeah, but with I'm me. gonna tell you right now, and I actually wrote, and I actually wrote this in my notes when it happened because they started figuring out how to kill the things, but then they didn't die, and apparently they have Hetera slash Dogera as their blood, and they would just ooze out and keep them going. And I just wrote my notes. That is so unfair. <laughs> yeah. I wonder if that again is going to play into season two and what's going to happen with season two. Uh, let's get to the big. There's guy. a. There, oh, go ahead. Go ahead. Sorry. Uh, that, that's what I was going to move into because I, I there because when he brought up the when he brought up Hedera when he brought up the 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 cameo by Hedera it reminded me that there was there was one thing that that kind of went unexplained a little bit uh, and if I missed it I'm sorry but I I, I it was just kind of weird to me. Like when, when Godzilla evolves from uh, his amphibious form, the the not Varan form, mm-hmm. and he evolves into his uh, uh, terrestrious. I think that's what it, I think it's Godzilla terrestrious. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the um, You see the mili- Yeah, you see that you see the military attack him, but you also see. Um, you also see like the red mist attack the attack. Uh, the military rockets on behalf of Godzilla. So, and, I, and I thought that was just something really interesting that did not get explained a whole lot. I uh, think as they, does the red mist. Ha- they didn't explain. I was going to say, does the red, go ahead. Sorry. Does the red mist have a mind of its own? Is it, I mean, what, yeah. Okay. So they didn't explain it outright, but I think they did mention something that it was 
it's it's kind of like a, a Shin Godzilla, how uh, it adapts to whatever attacks hit it, and that its body just reacted and and defended itself in this way. And so mm-hmm. I think because I think that's what they said, like its body is defending itself yeah. uh, and stuff. Mm-hmm. But uh, so I think, yeah, it, it is kind of like a Shin Godzilla, whereas if you, you can hit it once with something, but it but if it doesn't kill it outright, then it's going to adapt. Um, Speaking of Shen Godzilla, I think this show did a better job of the Godzilla evolving and changing over time than Shen Godzilla did. Um, I thought that the the like different forms that Godzilla took, you you felt you could tell it's Godzilla, but you could also tell like it, he's going from one thing to another to another and slowly adapting and morphing into his ultimate form. And uh, I think that this mm-hmm. was, it was, it's very, it's the same as what they did in Shin Godzilla, but I like this better. Okay. But now what did you guys think of Ultima? You know, that's the final form of Godzilla. And I know that there were some people who were kind of freaking out when that design was finally announced. I mean, let's we all had a little bit of fun with the uh, thunder thighs. <laughs> yeah, I mean, but well, the, the, yeah, the, the thighs the, don't get the, me as the much thunder, as the jaw does. His gigantic yeah, the jaw. Underbite. Yeah, the, uh, yeah, the massive underbites and the, the little tusks. That you know, so th- there's a lot of things that are different. He's recognizable as Godzilla, but there's a lot of things that are different. He's got that kind of unhinged. Well, you saw this in Shin, you know, with the uh, unhinging kind of snake jaw because he's he could open that mouth pretty massive. And then you had the, like his atomic rings of doom, <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> which I actually liked because I thought that was a reference to Minya. Yeah, 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 to Minya. I think that it was. I I took it as a reference to that. There was a lot of references. I real quick just want to run through some of the references oh, before Lord, we Easter get eggs. <laughs> so we had references to Biolante. Uh not not just in the like because in the closing credits you had a lot of monsters show up, but I mean in the actual show oh, you had because true. there was there was plant monsters that were starting to show up. You had references to Mothra, because there were silk weren't uh, silk butterflies uh that had uh-huh. silk moths that uh, had the coloring of it. Uh, you had reference, like you said, to Hedera, yes. to to Dagara. Um, there was what else am I missing? Is there? There was references to uh, some. There, other. Was, oh, uh, phone. there was a cell phone avatar that looked like Mogura. There was a robot. This is a really deep cut, but they had uh, little robots that uh, that uh, Otaki Factory, which is where Yun and the old man work, right. Right. Uh, and uh, you know, Lady Hot Topic, <laughs> as I called her, uh, who looked like Nigel from Godzilla the series. That's yep. a deep cut. And then once the once Pero Two takes it over, it's like now it's a Tachi Koba. That's, just, <laughs> that's mm-hmm. yeah, you had the Beast from Twenty Thousand um, Fathoms and Raquel Welch. Yes, that was that was reference. I did see that. Um, one thing I do want to say real quick: you uh, mentioned Magura. The- <laughs> Do I? I missed that. Go ahead, Travis. I said there was a Godzuki sticker. Yes. Yeah. Um, uh, and the, the, the Magara, the Magara, um, the, the, the robot that Pero 2 ends up staying in for most of the, most of the show ends up, uh, has a screw nose that looks a lot like Magara yeah, too. Is, so uh, there's a weapon yeah. that gets used on Solunga that is, 
that looks like the oxygen destroyer, but it is not the oxygen destroyer. <laughs> it's the orthogonal. Oh, I they are diagonal diagonalizer. Yeah, the yeah. orthogonal yeah. diagonalizer. Yeah, uh, which also has yeah, the and then there was OD, uh, which oh, yeah. is oxygen destroyer. Yeah, and then there was in the when Jet Jaguar is fighting uh, Anguirus, and Anguirus slaps his head off. There's the Mecha Godzilla little head. There's the Mecha Godzilla control unit under Jet Jaguar's uh, uh, helmet. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So say what you want. This was clearly made by a bunch of Godzilla nerds. <laughs> oh yeah. Oh yeah. For sure. Godzilla. Oh oh. It, it, even though you completely botched it, Michael, with the post credit. We're introduced to not Mecha Godzilla because apparently his official name is Robo Godzilla. Robo oh, Godzilla. I anticipate that changing. They're not going to keep. They're not going to keep Robo Never. Godzilla. But uh, we know. see I a mysterious. Yeah, we see a Mysterian working on him. Uh-huh. Yes. Yeah. So that's yeah. It's uh, that's a big thing, and I think that that's a good segue. If you if you're done, if are we done talking about Godzilla? uh the design uh i will i will say i will say one more thing about the big guy himself i like godzilla ultima's design Mm -hmm. i do i I honestly do and um i like it more and i and i think i said this on a few previous episodes i i said i'm gonna wait and see it in action before i make a judgment and I am surprised how how good it is. I do have my nitpicks with it. I wish he was actually 50 meters, not 45 meters. I know that's a nitpick. Um, I wish the dorsal spines were just a little bit bigger and a little bit more traditional. If you, you know, a little bit more traditional. But I do, uh, I really do enjoy the fact that they used the Heisei roar. It was a mm-hmm. good roar. I mean, as as far as roars go, that was great. Um, his atomic breath, I think this atomic breath even beats out Shin, mm-hmm. uh, in my opinion. It's very similar um, to Shin's, though. In the not just in, it's very similar to Shin's. Mm-hmm. Yeah, not just in the way it looks, but also like the scene where he uses it on the city is almost shot for shot Shin Godzilla. <laughs> it is. It's a, it's a, actually, there's a really nice, uh, there's a really nice reference to legendary Godzilla at the end of that too. When he shoots mm-hmm. his breath up into the sky, uh, it looks like that shot from King of the Monsters, uh, when Godzilla, during Godzilla rebirth. And, um, you know, overall, I really liked Ultima's design. I think I, I, I geeked out a little bit when at, at the end of the, at the end, at the final, during the final battle, when we, re- when you realize that Jet Jaguar, Jet Jaguar is, uh, gigantic now and there's that one shot there's that one shot where where jet has just kicked godzilla in the face and he knocks him back a little bit and then you just see godzilla kind of give him the side eye and you've got jet in the foreground you've got godzilla in the background and you're like oh no jet's Mm -hmm. in jet's in trouble Mm -hmm. um and then that whole sequence there was really i thought it was well choreographed it did not last long enough but i guess to you know, give it the impact that it needed. It should probably, it probably, it lasted as long as it needed to last. Um, that whole, that whole ending there where, you know, where you've got the exposition from Pero two or jet Jaguar PP, uh, saying I was, I was the, um, I was the answer all along. Mm-hmm. Um, and you've got that shot where Godzilla 
uh, turns his atomic breath on Jet and shoots half of his face off. Mm -hmm. And then you've got that sort of that you've got that really tearjerker moment with when he tells uh, when he tells Yoon thank you and goodbye. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That was Jet Jaguar was probably the, the star. Yeah. He was the heart. He was the soul yeah. of the. He was actually the soul. I think of the. the show. I think that was probably where he had some of the most emotional moments. I think Pero too had a few as well toward the end, where because I really was mm -hmm. starting to wonder if Pero too was going to make it, and I like yeah. that little dog. <laughs> I yeah, like they that did broadcast dog. it really hard that there was potential that it would die because it's like, oh yeah, if, you know, I mean, I'm if I make a backup, then I'll be backed up, but I won't remember anything. Or if I don't make a backup, then am I I'm tied to this body and I can be destroyed. And all it's like, um, are you hinting at something? <laughs> Foreshadowing. Yeah, well, and, uh, when the, and then you know, it, it, then they have some Doctor Who style hand wavery when. Yeah, because Pero too says my individuality is connected to your PC, telling that to May. But then they put mm -hmm. put the uh, put Pero two in the in the uh, pseudo Mogura body, and, she, and May even says, "I thought your individuality was tied to my PC." And he's like, "Oh come on, don't get so you know uppity, you know." <laughs> mm -hmm. yeah. Now I will. I want to mention something that it one one thing that I think that the dub. Or not the dub, that the subtitle, at least what I watched, uh, the fan subtitles, uh, did better than the actual dub was that in sequence where Jet is fighting Godzilla. Because I think that, I think there was, I think the sound mixing in the subtitled version that I watched was better and it felt more impactful than the dubbed version. Now, it could possibly be the fact that I've already seen it. And so like, so the, the, the knee jerk shock reaction was already passed at that point. But I want to say that I didn't feel like the dub version did that scene justice as much as it could have. Uh, I think, I feel like they dialed up the, I felt like Netflix or whomever kind of, whoever produced this dialed up the voice and sent the music way too far in the background. Hmm. I can see that. Awesome. Yeah, I, I can see it. Um, so let's let's now talk real quick. Let's let's try to keep it kind of short. Where do you think this show will go in season two? Starting with Michael. Uh, well, I mean, the, okay, we should. Well, this will be spoilers, so uh, people have to know by now. This is going to be a spoiler discussion. Um. Obviously, the big question is where and why is Mecha Godzilla coming? Is Mecha Godzilla mm -hmm. there to fight Godzilla, or is Mecha Godzilla there to use as a weapon for some other purpose? Mm -hmm. um, that is what I'm curious about because there are there are a few unanswered questions, uh, like obviously Mecha Godzilla at the end. Um, where has Doctor uh, what is the doctor? What is the doctor's name, Nathan? Uh, Asha, that went missing. Was it Asha? Um, Asha Hadi? Uh, Asha, Asha, Asha. Ashahara. Asha. Ashahara. Ashahari. Yeah. Yeah. Where has he been this whole time? I'm assuming working on Mechagodzilla. Um, oh, you you mean? Uh, yeah, you're talking about the the, <laughs> the the creepy scientist who every time he looks at you, he steals your soul. <laughs> Yes. Yeah, the, yeah, yes. the one that kind of like triggered everything. Right. 
Yeah. I, I had another connection to Shin Godzilla trying to unravel uh, uh, a, a puzzle left by a dead scientist or a lost scientist. Right. So, like, I honestly don't know where the series is going to go. I, I'm hoping, I'm hoping that Godzilla is not really dead. I don't think he is. No. I don't think that Godzilla is dead. Uh, he'll be revived. Jet Jet will probably be revived as well. Um, I want to see more deep cut references to other kaiju uh, in the series. I want to see a proper Mothra. Although I like the little fairy Mothras we got, they were very impactful. Uh, that whole scene where they say, um, what is it? The, when the, when the moths or the butterflies come out, it's a sign of war. It's an omen of war. Mm-hmm. Uh, I thought that was, I thought that was a really impactful moment, especially with, with the, with the chorus singing in the background. I want to see more of a proper Mothra. I want to see more of Black Rodan. I want to see more of that. And I don't know where that came from. I wish that that would have stuck around more. Um, I honestly don't know because this show, this, this show is, 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 is weird and confusing and oddly enjoyable at the same time. Mm-hmm. Um, I just kind of had to just sit back and watch it for what it was and not really not try to think too hard about it because I was really getting a headache trying to. Uh, but as far yeah. as next season goes, I, I don't know. I, I, I don't know. I, obviously, we're going to get Mechagodzilla. We'll get Godzilla back and, and more Jet Jaguar, but um, I have no idea. Yeah, I so so with with everything like i said okay the 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 driving force of this show was not godzilla the driving force is uh-huh. the is the sciency techno babble stuff that we talked about since that is the driving force of this especially this first season to suddenly shift into now we're making the monsters the driving force of everything would just feel weird so I want to know, and I'm very curious how they're going to do season two. Are they going to continue the singular point architect, what, or, or not architect, uh, whatever they are. Um, archetypes. Yeah. Archetypes. Uh, the, the, if they're going to continue that techno science quantum mechanics type stuff into the next season, because it just feels so it feels wrong for them to spend so much time on that in this season and then next season be, well, it's just portals and monsters are coming through and we're just going to focus on the monsters. Mm-hmm. Um, as much as I would enjoy that more, it doesn't feel genuine. It doesn't feel like a genuine sequel to what they set up in this season. So mm-hmm. that's my one thing with season two is I hope that it yeah. fits into the themes and aesthetics of what they already have established. I think you, I think you can do that. I think you can have sort of that, the arc, the, the arc, archetypes. Uh, the, you can, you can still have that archetype storyline, but make it a little bit more monster focused. Uh, I think would be a better balance. I think that would be a good balance or a better balance to strike. Right. Maybe they could do something right. where, Perhaps they try using an archetype or something related to the archetype to power Mechagodzilla because the Shiva consortium is still around and they're still messing with this stuff. And mm-hmm. which continue the what has man wrought, you know, sort of a thing, tapping into these, you know, tapping basically into a science that is highly unpredictable already. You know, if we want to talk about, right. you know, talk right. about quantum mechanics, but yeah, you know, which I, you know, which I did do. 
and you know, so you could play around with that and now make Mechagodzilla the you know this uh, power you know be powered by it, and you know, so that could be a way to instigate some more conflict. Personally, for me, well, along with the stuff that you guys have already talked about, I would really like to see how the character dynamics are going to change because at the end of the series, May and Otaki Factory finally meet each other. Now they've been communicating through text messaging because good Lord, there are text messaging sequences in this complete with Pero 2 emojis. And <laughs> it, was, <laughs> it was a little bit, that was entertaining, but it was also, you know, it was a little, it could be a little bit difficult to follow at points. And now I want to see what they're going to do now that all of our main cast is together. So I would be curious to see what that does to, to the storytelling and the character dynamics, because like I said, I'm really invested in these characters. I don't want to see where they go from here with them. And perhaps they could try to do a little bit more with the characters and you know, maybe get into a little bit more of you know what are they doing outside of all of the madness? I would love to actually see that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Um, so yeah, I think uh, now is probably a good time to move into our Godzuki scores for anybody who's listening to this who doesn't normally listen to Kaiju Weekly. We like to rate our movies out of five Godzukis instead of five stars or anything like that because we like to embrace the sillier side of giant monsters uh, by using Godzuki, Godzilla's bumbling nephew, and someone that I love visiting here on the island uh, as yeah. our yardstick. He loved he loved hanging out with you the last time he told me. Right. Yeah. So uh so starting with Nathan, uh do you want to give us your Godzuki score? Let me sing it. Hold on, let me see. Your Godzuki score uh out of 5 and your final thoughts on Godzilla singular point. Well, I have to admit, and I was telling this a bit to Michael while you guys, you know, before you guys had your harrowing Mothra trip, that I was kind of trying to figure out where I would land on this, and I found myself vacillating between a four and a four point five because I didn't, I couldn't give it five. I, I couldn't bring myself to give it five, but I was also trying to figure out, well, why would I actually? not give it a five and i had to start thinking about it but actually this conversation that we've had has helped shed some light on some things has helped me make uh, think through it a little bit more so i've been able to arrive at said godzuki score oh i gotta do it right the godzuki score and i've decided that i will give it a four out of five okie dokie and and uh, is that going to be your final thoughts too or do you want to share any final thoughts uh, basically, I, much like you, I had been hearing that that was it was supposedly really difficult to understand. I watched it in the dub, which I think made it easier to process. And you know, I'm used to this sort of material, so I wasn't all that bothered by it. I even kind of called one or two things related to all the craziness there. And I, it's still, I don't think it's quite the anime that people were necessarily expecting, but I anticipated it wouldn't quite be that you know a, a shonen style anime and i learned to really appreciate it for what it was for me personally everything in this was really compelling and 
you know, the, the characters, the mystery and all of that sort of stuff, the monsters. So the, I wasn't all that bothered by what we ended up getting. And, and overall, I, I ended up enjoying it quite a bit. Do I like it more than the Polygon trilogy? Uh, I don't know if I would necessarily say I like it more than the Polygon trilogy, but I think it's more rewatchable than the Polygon trilogy, if that makes any sense. Mm -hmm. Yeah. 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 Uh, I'm going to go ahead and do my Godzuki score and my final thoughts because I want to finish with Michael um, so that we finish on a positive. Yes. So I write down my final thoughts. So I, you know, generally uh, do that every week. Uh, so here's my final thoughts. Um, if we were an anime podcast, if we were redeemed otaku or another anime podcast, uh, I would be a whole lot more positive on the show. But since we are a kaiju podcast, both of our podcasts are kaiju podcasts and tokusatsu podcasts. Um, I have to look at this as a Godzilla property, not just as a sci-fi fun anime. So the anime fan in me really enjoyed it. It fits into the style of anime that I watched when I was a teen. You know, the very high concept, philosophical, technobabble kind of stuff. Definitely fits into the aesthetic of, of anime that I liked when I was a teen. I like as an adult. So I definitely enjoyed it. And I won't say I didn't enjoy it. What I am struggling with is, as a Godzilla fan, is this kind of... Uh, making me feel the joy of seeing a new Godzilla property. And, and really the answer is no. I, I, the answer I is, I feel I was disappointed in the Godzilla and the monster stuff. And it's not that the monsters weren't good. I do think the monsters were, were done well. It's just, like I said, I've talked about enough thematically. They weren't the driving force. And when I come to a, uh, when I'm looking at it as a Godzilla fan, that's what I want. And that wasn't there. And so I'm disappointed it to me, the two storylines didn't mesh well together. The kind of concept, the high concept techno babble stuff and the monster stuff, it felt a lot like oil and water. They just didn't want to blend. Um, I might change my feelings after <laughs> rewatching it. Do what? Uh, it was it was a David Letterman reference. Will it blend? <laughs> oh yeah, will it blend? Uh, so I will probably feel differently if I rewatch it, and I will rewatch re it at some point because uh, I think that I cr tried to cram too much in a short amount of time, and also had a lot going on. So maybe that contributed to it a lot. But I and I definitely think that this this one is one that benefits from watching a couple of times. So so I definitely think that if you are a fan of anime and you are a fan of this kind of stuff it is definitely something that you should watch but if you're just if you're just a monster fan and not an anime fan like our friend elijah you might be disappointed in it the way that i was uh so that's that's where i kind of land so my score is 3.5 out of 5 godzookies Michael. Uh, and, and I think that's fair. I, I was, while you were talking, I was just sitting here thinking that 
I had the benefit of watching it week to week the first time around. And I think that it really helped. Um, I can see why I can see where a show like this would be really hard to process in, in if you sit down and, and binge it. It is not, this is why I have a problem with the binging model. I wish that there were more shows that did week to week like they like they used to. I think that's why uh, that's why I enjoy some of the stuff on Disney Plus because it's week to week you, and, and they don't drop everything at once. Because I think that a lot sometimes there's a show that comes along that um, uh, benefits more from a week to week watching and sort of like a, a, a sporadic, not a sporadic, but a uh, a more measured watching than a just all out binge. And I, I don't think that this is a very bingeable show. It is a rewatchable show. I think it is a thousand times more more rewatchable than the Polygon trilogy, uh, but it is not a very good bingeable show uh, because of some of the com- just sort of the complexities of the plot, sort of the like the very like the heavy muddied, the heavily muddied plot, and like the hard to understand uh, dialogue and just everything happening at once. I I like one of my criticisms was that it is very uh it is a lot of techno babble i know i've seen the word techno babble is has to be trending by now because everyone mm-hmm. uses it in when they talk about this anime uh but um there is a lot of techno babble there, there there's a lot of techno babble in it but i just kind of had to look over some of that because i knew a lot of stuff was going to go over my head there was a lot of stuff that i was going to miss and i'm just going to enjoy it for what it is and i was able to do that um, if you're coming to this show strictly for the monsters, I agree. You're going to be disappointed because the monsters are not really the main focus of the show. It is the science. It is the, it is the, the mystery of it. There is, it is the mystery plot of it. That is the focus of the show. It just, uh, uh the monsters just feel like a, an extra. The, the monsters just feel like a bin, like a like an like a tacked on bonus on top of an already interesting story, and the story is interesting. I uh, I did not expect to like this, uh, and it's not just because I don't re- I don't really care much for anime. I don't I, I've never hide I never hid that fact. I don't really care much for it, um, but I was I was afraid that I was going to absolutely hate this due to the fact that I don't like the Polygon trilogy. And I ended up being pleasantly surprised because of the characters are likable. First of all, you have, I have to have really likable characters to, to pull me in. The story was interesting, although I didn't understand half of what was going on. The story was at least very interesting and very intriguing to me. So that was, that was always a plus. And then getting some of the callbacks and some of the references to the franchise and just seeing, uh, just seeing when the monsters did show up, I really enjoyed the monsters when they, when they did arrive on screen. And then, and then the big payoff at the end was suit was very emotional. It was, it was, it was, it was great. I thought it was great. I thought the finale was great. Uh, I know a lot of people were like, "No, it's underwhelming," but I, I thought it was appropriate and I thought it was good for for where the where the story of the anime was going. Um, as a Godzilla fan, I am disappointed uh, because Godzilla is not in it a whole lot. Um, but as a whole, I thought I was pleasantly surprised by it. I enjoyed it more than I expected to. Like I said, and. Uh, I can't wait for season two because I really hope that they do expand on a few things that kind of flew over people's heads in season two. Uh, overall, 
just for the simple fact that I had fun with it and for the, and the, and the fact that I feel like this is a much more uh, rewatchable anime property as far as Godzilla goes, I'm going to go ahead and give it a four out of five. Godzookies! Because I think as a fan, you should watch this. As a fan of giant monsters, as a fan of anime, as a fan of Godzilla, you should watch this. But just remember, you know, Godzilla is not the focus. Uh, just know that going into it. But I think, you know, if you go into it with an open mind and knowing that, you're going to have fun with it. Yeah. I thought of a neat analogy. Uh, the monsters in this show are like the almonds on an almond joy. They're oh. <laughs> good and they they taste good and they're fine, especially, you know, they're they're fine. But they're not essential to the candy bar because there is a such thing as the candy mm-hmm. bar without the almonds and almond joy. And that's a mounds. Uh, so it just, that's how they felt like the, the monsters just were kind of uh, a, a, just a, a nice addition, but not essential. A necessity. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, uh, we're not going to have any mailbag uh, to talk about this week for the Kaiju weekly side of things. Um, but if you want to, send us a letter to our mailbag you can do that by sending us a uh letter at uh at kaijuweekly at gmail.com and you can also tweet us at kaijuweekly uh nathan do you have any listener and uh feedback or interactions or mailbag that you want to read for your podcast oh, what? Uh, I do, but it's actually an iTunes review that I was going to share with everybody. And I know you guys have a new review as well. Yes, we do. Yes. So that's uh, so for the sake of time, I'm just going to limit it to just my new review. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) Because we've been going. That's fine. And we'll do that. Uh, we'll do that at the end after I ask the trivia question, because I want to ask the trivia question that uh, we like to do. on do you, want to Weekly. Do, do you want to do that now or you want me to share some of the things I learned about quantum mechanics? <laughs> we do not have time for quantum mechanics. Ted talk. <laughs> I understand. We do not have time. <laughs> um, but uh, yeah, so so please make sure to send us a, a letter, uh, either kaijuweekly at gmail.com, at kaijuweekly on Twitter. You can also send Nathan some some letters and feedback. Nathan, how do they how can they reach yeah. your podcast? Yeah, feedback at uh, feedback at monsterislandfilmvault.com. And you can also hit us up on the Twitter at the Monster Isla One. And now I'm going to ask the trivia question for next week because on Kaiju Weekly, we like to ask trivia questions that hint to our topic for the next week. Uh, And next month, we are starting Guilty Pleasures Month. Ooh, it's going to be painful. (laughs) Oh, it's not going to be all painful, guys. Come on. It's going to be painful. Uh, I have been going... You're going okay. through Gamera movies. There's hardly anything that can hurt me anymore. Yeah. Uh, so starting off our Guilty Pleasures Month, we're going to start with Michael's pick for his Guilty Pleasure giant monster film. So the trivia question that I just want to ask everyone is, what film do you think Michael picked as his giant monster Guilty Pleasure? 
I'd love <laughs> to get I would love to see what people think your guilty pleasures are. <laughs> well, never mind. No, we're not going there. You had to go there. You had to go there. You couldn't just let it go. You had to go there. All right. Uh, so we're going to close out. Uh, Jimmy agrees Jimmy. with you. <laughs> Jimmy. Uh, thank you. It's time. We need to get going. We need to close out this episode. It's getting crazy. Okay. Uh, I'm going to close out yeah. uh, Kaiju Weekly by saying thank you for listening to this episode uh, and this podcast and sharing this podcast with your friends. If you want to follow us on Twitter, we are at Kaiju Weekly. All the links to our social media as well as for the Kaiju Groupie Facebook group are listed in the description of this episode. You can send questions, comments, or answers to trivia questions to our email, kaijuweekly at gmail.com. We also want to say a big thank you to everyone who has supported Kaiju Ramen Magazine so far. We're working on issue three. Issue three is coming out very soon, so look forward to that. We've got some fun, fun, fun things planned for that issue, and I cannot wait for it. I'm excited. And if you want to find out more about it, you can check out the website, kaijuramenmagazine.com and if you want to get some sneak peeks at what we're working on for the magazine as well as a sneak peek at mine and Nathan's new podcast you can go to uh, patreon.com slash kaijuweeklypod and support us there and we will make sure to post something there because uh, we are really bad about forgetting to post things <laughs> i am i'm very bad about forgetting to post it but i promise we will post some sneak peeks of the magazine and the sneak peek to that podcast uh hinch and men on there so you can go and check it out support us in any way you can because that uh helps us to continue to do this and uh yes and there's also there's also one more thing they can do, Travis, to support this podcast, and that is by going over to Apple Podcasts and leaving us a five-star review. And then what that does is that's going to help put us in front of other kaiju and tokusatsu fans just like you. And just so happens, we actually have a brand new review to read out on the show because we always promise if you leave us a review, we will read that review on a future episode. So, Travis, do you want to go ahead and read the brand new iTunes review that we received the other day? Yes, this is from Douche McBaggins. Thank you. Very I know much. who that is. Yep. Thank you very much. He also much left for a review for the fault. So. Uh, we know who this is, and thank you very much for making me read that out loud on the podcast. <laughs> um, uh, he says the very best. I can't believe I haven't already written a review for this podcast. This is all. This is long overdue. Travis and Michael are genuine and charismatic hosts who have a deep appreciation for the movies they review. They're honest and thoughtful when they discuss giant monster movies. That being said, they always make sure to have fun and be creative, making every episode unique and enjoyable for every listener. Many similar podcasts are out there, but in terms of quality, you'll have a difficult time finding any that come close to Kaiju Weekly. Thank you so much, Mr. McBaggins. <laughs> yes, and then you can also, after you do that, go and leave a five-star review for the Monster Island Film Vault. In fact, you can leave one just like this new review that we have here, a five-star review from... I'm assuming I'm saying this right. G George seven, five, nine, either that, or it's George with two G's. I'm not sure. I really but thought it was the, title... be the same username. It was going to be douche me bag and said you were going to say douche. 
well, it's like you already I don't know left. If I know how to say this, douche. Oh, <laughs> douche. But uh, I'm sorry for interrupting. <laughs> but uh, no, it's all right. But uh, he he left a review some months ago already. So, <laughs> but anyway, so the title of this review is a kaijurific podcast. If you like kaiju films and want a podcast that treats them better than just cheesy monster movies, you can't do much better than the Monster Island Film Vault. Nathan and the tourists he brings along with him analyze the films and the context they were made in in a way that is fun and entertaining. I've only just finished the King Kong, he says 2015, it should be 2005, review, but... I'm looking forward to the rest of the journey. Keep it up, Nathan and Jimmy. Yes, I know you love it when they reference you and acknowledge your genius, whatever. Oh, yes, yes, yes. Yeah, that other genius. You know what? Since I'm not going to go into the TED Talk on quantum physics, Jimmy says he'll just make a bonus Jimmy's notes for the uh, for the Monster Island Film Vault website that we can include in the show notes if you would like to know more about that that sounds like a good compromise there yeah i didn't know that jimmy knew anything about quantum no i'm the one who did the research he's just going to put it in on his blog oh okay so that all right so that was that was a lie that that jimmy told me when i got here because on the way on when i first got here he did tell me that he was actually the one that did all the research on quantum mechanics quantum mechanics and quantum physics okay fine he helped out he helped confirm things but also but i consulted with some of the other scientists here so he did at least three percent of the work yes three percent but it was an amazing three percent Yes. I am the best three percenter you will ever meet. <laughs> and so on that note, we're going to close out the episodes by saying help control the not Gabra population. Have your not Kumangas spayed or neutered. Uh, Jimmy, cue our new credits. <laughs> Kiri da hai, kiri da,